Hello. It is first round fallout. Feel good. Phone it in Friday, April 30th, 2021. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this dumbass podcast. I know there's a lot of other options. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ear holes, I am very grateful for. If by the end of this fucking thing you say, you know what? Not bad. Not a bad show. Be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened, you know? Like, if you don't like the show, just don't tell anybody. I won't say you fucking stink. That'd be very nice of you. Just two ships passing in a night, you know? We didn't even know each other existed. But if you do like this show, please be a friend, tell a friend. Let's continue to grow this thing. We have a good show for you today. We have a conversation with Stink, Mark Schlereth, from today about his knowledge on the Aaron Rodgers, the Denver situation that obviously came out of nowhere. And then we also have conversations that we did live on the draft last night with J.J. Watt, Tyron Matthew, Chris Ballard. I mean, not a bad little feel-good Friday. Be a friend, tell a friend. Let's get to it. Uh, We will call a surprise guest after pick is made. After pick is made. Or did you already? You already? Oh, shit. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now. <laughs> Fucking superstar, Super Bowl champion, the landlord, Honey Badger. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyron. Yeah! <laughs> no, what up, dude? I did not know you were on. I apologize. How long were you nah, sitting there? all good. Nah, a couple seconds. It's all good. Jeez. I do not want to waste your time. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our first time getting to chat. You're the fucking man, dude. Yeah! You you are the man. It's a pleasure. Thanks Uh, for having me, man. No problem. Your team is obviously a team that is stacked. Now, I know that you were a massive part of turning that defense around whenever you showed up. It was an entire attitude adjustment, it felt like, on the defensive side. Then the run, magnificent run to the Super Bowl, and you guys do your thing. They keep everybody in there. How does it feel to know you're on a team that will do whatever to win? Especially watching like the draft tonight where everybody's trying to get like the Chiefs. It feels like the team you're on right now will do whatever to win. That has to feel very good. No, nah, it's, a, it's a great feeling, man. Uh, to really be honest with you, you know, we got coaches that, that really put it all on the line. You know, like we could actually see these guys work day to day, you know, trying to make it all work. You know what I mean? And, you know, we got a lot of characters on our team. We got a lot of personalities and to have that consistency, you know, uh, where guys just want to show up and win, um, I think it makes, like, you know, management, uh, coaches' job, you know, a lot easier. How quickly upon arrival in Kansas City did you realize, hey, this place is special and it can be special? I know you added a ton to that team and the defense and your leadership is a big reason they are, but was the culture already set in place and ready for you guys? I believe so, uh, especially, you know, I think a lot of people look at our team and they, and they obviously see the offense, right, and Coach Reed and – you know, everything he does. But, you know, when I got here, it was really Coach Spags that was, you know, more so hands-on with me, you know, in the defense. And, you know, just his detail to information and, you know, the rest of his coaches just keeping us up with, you know, certain nuggets and certain things that could, could really help us get better, you know, week to week as a defense. Um, I think those little things and just having certain people in the right places uh, is really what kind of, you know, put us over the top, you know, as far as, you know, a, a franchise. Tyron, everybody remembers, and I keep, I, I'm literally, I'm talking, I'm one of your biggest fans, okay? Like, I am one of your biggest <laughs> fans. I, I Legitimately, you don't have to lie right here. This is legit, because <laughs> I, uh, I have been a vitamin lover for a long time, okay? And then whenever I heard your story, whenever you were at LSU, watching you play football at LSU 
was fucking unbelievable. I mean, it was unbelievable watching you play football. Clear, best football player in the draft. It was very obvious. You get into, obviously, there are some things that happen uh, with other uh, drug tests and everything like that. Do you feel like you needed that all to happen to get where you are? Uh, or, or do you look back on the whole draft and that whole experience and think to yourself, like, I still think it shouldn't have went down that way? And do you ever think about that at this point with, where, uh, with how far you've come dominant-wise? Obviously, you know, some days I regret, you know, not being the top five pick, you know, and really going through what I went through. Uh, but I think for me personally, in my, in my experiences, everything I've been through, I think I needed it, you know, especially before I got to the NFL, right? You see so many guys struggle in their second, their third, their fourth year, and they can't really put together a good career. And so for me, I was kind of lucky to kind of get the realization, you know, before I actually got to my dream, you know, so it kind of made me appreciate it more. You know, when I was drafted, I didn't even care when they drafted me. <laughs> you know, I was I was going to be ready to roll. Bruce Arians was like, ain't no way we're letting this motherfucker go. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's going to draft this dude. Okay, we should be the people that drafted. I absolutely yeah. love that. Do you still keep in touch with B.A. at all? And how was that, yeah. you know, Super Bowl-wise? It's back like practice days, I'd assume, where he's shit-talking in this entire thing. Yeah, nah, I mean, all those guys are my guys. You know, not just B.A., you know, uh, Coach Rapone, Ty Bowles. Kevin Ross, all these guys were like instrumental, you know, really try to be father figures for me, you know, as a 20, 20 year old kid. I was 20 years old when I got drafted. So to be around good, genuine men that, you know, not only they're good football guys, but, you know, they also do things in the community, you know. So for me, it was the right place. It was the right kind of people. And, you know, to kind of see BA have this success, you know, even though it came, you know, it, it still hurt, man. Yeah, 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 game, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but to yeah. be honest, man, to, to see B.A. win it, uh, to see Ty Bowles win it, you know, and, and just understand everything that those guys stand for, you know, I was actually happy for those guys. Okay, Tyron, I don't want to cut you off here, but the Eagles have traded with the Dallas Cowboys in the number 10 pick overall, Roger Goodell, our commissioner, Tyron, our commissioner, Roger Goodell. Devontae Smith goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about this. Because now we got Waddle, Jamar Chase, and Devontae Smith in the top 10, okay? And I've heard that these younger wide receivers are like, they, they come out of their breaks better than any other young. Is that a real thing? Do you see like a new generation of route running coming out from these younger guys? And that's why we got three in the top 10 here? Yeah, absolutely. And I think really, I think Odell Beckham kind of like started it, right? Like he was kind of like the first guy to, to kind of show everybody like, hey, you could be spectacular, you know, if you put certain work in. So uh, to see these guys come out, you know, obviously I got to cover them. I got to chase them all around the field. So, you know, Jerry Judy's of the world, the Henry Ruggs, like all these guys are in my division. And, you know, they're all special talents. Um, it seems like they get better and better every year, though. <laughs> hey, are you trying to just fuck people up every single play? It feels like you are. <laughs> It feels like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I play defense. I love it, man. I used to be an offensive guy growing up. You know, my whole life I played offense. Uh, and uh, my, my sophomore year in high school, I, I switched to defense, and I've just been in love with it ever since, man. That's all she wrote. <laughs> all she wrote. Hey, what's it, what's it like uh, practicing against Pat Mahomes every day? Uh, I mean, I gotta stay deep as the deepest, you know, for the most part. I don't, I don't, I don't do as much of the things as I do, you know, on Sundays, you know, trying to jump routes and read the quarterbacks, uh, cause he could just throw the ball from like any angle, you know, my coach hollering at me, yelling at me, but I mean, obviously it's great competition, you know, not just Pat though, you know, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, you know, Clyde, you know, all these guys, you know, Nicole Hartman, even when we had Sammy Watkins, uh, like every, every rep was like, you know, a game rep. And I think that's what really 
you know, put us in a position of really being, you know, two Super Bowls back to back. And even before I got here, you know, three championship games, you know, back to back. Iron sharpens iron. That's why I think you got to get depth. And your team is ahead of that. Uh, it seems like Tampa's getting on board and everything like that. Uh, we have an update. Chicago is trading up from number 20 to the Giants' turn at number 11. Another quarterback is about to go off the board. Andy Dalton was a Chicago Bear. He was told he's going to be the starter. Did they fucking lie to Andy Dalton? We are going to find out right now. One quick thing about Devontae Smith here, Tyron. And you, you, you mentioned, which, by the way, what should I call you? Mr. Matthew? Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. I got like six nicknames. It's all good. <laughs> so so Honey Badger still plays, yeah? Yeah, you know, most of the kids, that's what they know me by. They don't know they don't know Tyron. They don't know anything else. You know, they know Honey Badger. Okay, so let's yeah. let's promote the brand here. Okay, Honey Badger. <laughs> all right. So when you're Tyree Kill. Okay, and I think Darren Sproles kind of was the first in this whole thing, and then like kind of smaller size. But Tyreek is just a different. I mean, he he's a little bit shorter, but he's just a different. Devontae Smith, all they said was your size, your size is going to be a problem. As somebody who flies around on the defensive side of the ball, and you talk about these younger wide receivers, is it that big of a deal for a wide receiver to be undersized, or is it just like anybody can kind of make plays? It's kind of how football is played. Well, I think it really depends on, you know, how you play the game. You know, I think if you look at my career early on, you know, I was a lot more reckless, you know, as a youngster, you know, and I had a lot of injuries early on. You know, I think as my career unfolded, I learned how to play the game, you know, and um, I, I think this is calm, like assassin approach. Um, and I think Devontae is going to be great. Like, I don't think he plays the game in a reckless way. Uh, he reminds me of a, you know, very smart receiver. You know, he knows what certain windows are. He knows, you know, how to catch certain balls you know, and really, you know, shield his body in certain ways. Um, and I think that's going to help for him. It's going to take him a long way. Uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs probably going to draft, not maybe not tonight, but at some point, somebody that runs a 4-1, that's a punt returner, <laughs> yep. and is also an incredible wide receiver that you're going to have to track in practice. Honey yeah. Badger, you're the absolute best, dude. Nothing but massive fans over here. And uh, continued it, success, brother. man. Ladies and gentlemen, the Honey Badger time. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, he's, I'm a big, big fan of his. Remember, Legend. hey, LSU dude, remember him seven just flying around? He blocked the punt, grabbed the ball, scored a touchdown. He could do it all. I think it was against West Virginia. <laughs> now, joining us is another rather large dude. Ooh. Okay? You see him on Instagram, by the way, oh, and man. you think, oh, that guy's a bodybuilder. Beast. That guy's an absolute monster. He lives in a log cabin out in the middle of the fucking woods. He's terrible at golf, but he is unbelievable at football. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now on this draft spectacular, one of the newest members of the Arizona Cardinals, J.J. Watt. Yeah! What's going on, dude? I'm underdressed, uh, but just as excited to be here as everybody who's here, and I'm just thrilled to be in front of I don't know what, five million people watching your streams live. That's, see, JJ, I like how you're coming into this thing. You know what I mean? I like how you're talking about what we got going on. I do have the bow tie. Thank you for recognizing me, recognizing the magnitude of the night. Let's talk very quickly. You're at the Arizona Cardinals now. Uh, you stink at golf, but I think in Arizona, you're going to get better at golf. I think you're going to get better out there. I think that is, does happen in Arizona. You see Zaven Collins get drafted right there. I'm not sure if you're a big college football study guy, but you have to like Arizona investing in the defense. Is that something they told you whenever you got brought out there? It's like, hey, we're going for this whole thing? Um, I've watched a little film on him. Uh, I've had a little, uh, I had a little 
insight to make sure that I checked out some film and I oh. uh, like what I saw. I saw a pick six line of scrimmage, which was reminiscent. I like the looks of that. He's got athleticism. He's got good size. I know that you like him from your time watching Tulsa games, so it's a good sign <laughs> if you like him. Thank you, JJ. You're 100% right. Go ahead, AJ. JJ, you said you had some insight. What does that mean? Has that happened throughout your whole career before the draft? No, never in my entire life. So, no, I did not. Never, <laughs> this year? Is this the first already. time? Yeah, how's this happened? Because when you got brought there, where they're like, hey, you're a former and maybe a potential yet again, like defensive MVP. How many? Four, I think. I don't know how many you have. You have all of them, basically. Like, you're a guy who has been very dominant, surefire Hall of Famer. Whenever you get brought out there and you sign there, which, by the way, fucking congrats. Yeah. Hey, hey, you, hey, hey, I don't think anybody thought you were going to as much as you did, but congrats on that. Awesome. Plus the plane going out to the middle of Wisconsin by the owner and flying back. Is it, is that something that was a part of it? We're like, Hey, we're trying to grow something. We want you to be a part of it. Was that a, a focal part of the conversation or that didn't mind you? That's just kind of how they've been operating. No, no, they've just been awesome uh, since day one with me. I mean, from the time the owner picked me up in his plane, I knew that this was obviously a pretty badass setup and that they all care and everybody's bought in. And it's a very uh, unified front that they have between the owner, the GM, the coach, and it's uh it's an awesome operation it's been great since day one down there everybody's been there's one goal i mean there's a very clearly one goal and that's to go out there and win and they're trying to build a team that's going to win um you look at the moves we made you look at the guys that we already had on the roster it's we're gonna have a lot of fun down there hey how early did arizona become a contender with you because i'm obviously you have to be aware of all the speculation that was out there and all the the false moves that oh, yeah. people said were happening. And then all of a sudden you signed with Arizona and it seemed to surprise them. Bro, your Peloton account. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I just – I left them off my Peloton bio just to try and throw the whole world yeah, off. I thought I mean, so. It was uh, – I mean, that was, that process, the whole process was fascinating to, to go through. Um, Pat, I don't think you, you ever hit free agency. AJ, I don't – I'm not a you, – did you, you go through free agency? No, not really, no. No. Yeah, you were in Green Bay your whole career. It, no, um, no, he played. Was, he played in Cincinnati, but it was at the end. He's saying nobody was like, you know, it wasn't like. Is that what you're saying, yeah, AJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going in my tenth year. Yeah, I wasn't. Not I, like it was not in your situation. Yeah. There was no planes coming. There's no planes. No, it's. it's just, <laughs> is that what you're saying, like, AJ? No planes. Yeah, see zero. What's planes. reported? Okay. As a fan of like sports, to see what's reported versus what actually happens versus everything that's going on is fascinating. And someday I'll tell the whole true stories. Don't worry, Pat. I'll probably do it on your show when you're. Yeah! yeah! Come on, JJ! Way down the road. Okay. But uh, it is truly fascinating. But Arizona, um, they came in and it was one of those things where you start looking at it and you're like, all right, they got a young quarterback who's got a ton of talent. He's got an unbelievable weapons around him. They got a defense that is phenomenal, has one of my favorite players in the league in Chandler Jones, another one of my favorites in Buda Baker. Um, they got guys that fly around, a defense I'm extremely familiar with, Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator. It's the same exact defense I ran my first three years in the league. And all the pieces just fit, and I was really excited about it. Okay, so we have to ask, obviously, you were talking about experiencing free agency because you and Houston were synonymous. I mean, I, I got a chance to witness it firsthand when we went down there. You were in every page of the program, and I assume 
every single advertisement was working. I, I, I don't think there was ever a Houston Texans fan that was like, uh, no, if JJ's, I will buy my car there. I will do insurance there. Like, that was the thing. And when turned down for what came on, oh. I mean, it felt like all of Houston went, I got a chance to watch it. Then obviously, with the fundraising of like $40 million and everything there, you, you could have never expected, I assume, that you would end up going somewhere else. Now, at the end, and you can dive into it or not, I'm not going to give you the gotcha thing, but when you asked to be released, they basically said, you got it, whether it was business-wise or whatever it was. You're obviously hearing about what's going on with Aaron, and there's other places. Like, whenever you ask to potentially get released, is that a, like, nerve-wracking? Is that, like, something? Was that, was that an interesting situation for you to be like, you know what, I think it's time for us both to move on? And how did that whole thing come about, you think? Yeah, it's an interesting situation in general because, like you said, it's extremely difficult to ever picture yourself in any jersey but that one you've worn for 10 years with an organization and a fan base that you've built such an unbelievable connection with. And, I mean, the love that I feel for the city of Houston and those people is will last forever. I am yeah. so grateful, and I will forever consider that a home of mine, and I'll, I'll be a 713 guy till I die. I mean, I love those people. I love everybody down there. Um, but sometimes the situation just – presents itself in a way where it's it's time for a new opportunity and that's exactly what happened and I went and, and asked for it and they graciously granted it to me and I'm thankful for that and I'm also thankful for a brand new opportunity with the Cardinals and excited to get going did you expect it to be an absolute firestorm I mean what there was a billboard in Buffalo oh yeah there was a billboard in Buffalo I think like that had to feel pretty good because the love that you got in Houston was always massive just like I explained but like Getting a chance to feel the respect from around the league had to be pretty, I mean, it had to be pretty fucking dope, to be honest with you. If you were like, hey, come here, come here, and everything. Arizona came out of nowhere. But that would be a pretty cool feeling. Be like, oh, people really, really like me out here. This is a cool I, thing. I can't lie to you, Pat. As a guy who was a, you know, a two-star recruit out of college that wasn't the most highly recruited person in the world, it was a pretty badass experience. Yeah, I, I could imagine. I could you know, like I didn't get to like, you know, go pick the hats on the table or anything. So it was kind of cool to at the same time, all I was thinking was like there are you know, all these fan bases being incredible to me and offering me all these great things and donating to my charity. And I am going to let some of them down. There is no possible yeah. way that this ends with everybody happy. Oh. And like at this, you're sitting there like, gosh, there are people literally donating money to charity, doing great things. And I have to, like, not go to that location. It, it was tough. Yeah, it's a gift and a curse, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, just being so so affable. You know what I mean? Uh, it was it was tough. And then immediately, they hate you. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you like, stink. That guy stinks anyways. That guy stinks. That's yeah. the, hey, pretty fickle community we live in, but that's going to happen when you're J.J. Watt. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, J.J., speaking of people hating you, do your brothers hate you now because you refuse to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah, or have they kind of buried the hatchet here? What's that all about? You hate your family. That's crazy. We, yeah, no, we hate each other. Uh, we you actually we, we were just eating barbecue wings together about 25 minutes ago, so we buried the hatchet pretty deep in some ranch dressing. That's Hey, that's Okay, so you're not trying to be in the best shape of your life. You're you're yeah. eating ranch dressing. This is unbelievable. Despicable. I know. You believe it? I've changed. Have you changed at all as you've gotten older with what you do with your body? Have Have you like gone through any diet changes or like lifting changes? I think you have the same strength coach you've had. I think since like high school or whatever. I've seen him spotting you. I think in flip flops, which is incredibly awesome. I wish I knew that guy. But like, have you had to change anything as you've gotten older with your body and anything you've been through? Yeah. So there have been a lot of things that I've gone through over the years that I've changed and tweaked. And obviously the injuries change your mindset 
always. So I went through all the injuries and in the beginning, I thought I was invincible and I thought that no matter what I did, I was going to be back to 100% no problem. Obviously learned that that's not the case. This There is a mortality to this game. Um, so then I listened to the, everything the doctors said and every word the trainers said, and I was extremely conservative with my training. And I learned that, can I stay healthy doing that and play okay? Sure. But can I play the way I want to play and be great? No. So what I've done now is mixed in, I've basically taken it back into my own hands. And I said, listen, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out doing it my way. I'm going to go out doing it my way. I'm gonna, this is my first time back with Brad, my trainer, in four years because I've had to rehab the last three. So I'm glad to be back with him. I'm training with my brothers. Training's going extremely well. And I'm, I'm feeling very, very good in the fact that I've learned from my past mistakes, but I'm also not taking some conservative route just trying to, you know, be on the field. I want to be dominating when I'm on the field. Yeah, you guys got some rocky shit going on. I saw you cut a hole in the ice and that was your cold tub. Have you guys been beating up, hanging like cows and stuff like that? Like, like, what is, have you guys all just said, you know what? We're all going to try to get the MVP this year. We're going to go live out in the middle of the fucking woods. We're going to go into lakes whenever they're cold for, you know, rehab to hopefully flush us. Has, has it been a super dialed in off season for the Watts? And that, is that like, is that a conscious effort by you guys? Like, hey, we might as well. We have three NFL guys here. We might as well get after it and really become the best we can. And are you and TJ trying to see who can end up with more MVPs? And is that an actual conversation that happens? Uh, a, the answer to the beginning of the question, yeah. We're trying to do literally everything we can to be the best players that we can be. That's why we work out together. That's why we push each other so hard. Uh, that's why everything we do from conversations about nutrition to training to sleep uh we're trying to do everything we can and we help each other out tj and i absolutely have conversations about trying to outdo each other's stats trying to outdo each other's accomplishments um i obviously think that he should have a defensive player of the year or two right now um he deserves it uh he's obviously going against an unbelievably formidable competition in that category so you can't be too mad about it but i personally as his brother uh believe he should have at least one me too um but i still have three he still has zero so, so. that's that's just how it goes that's just how it goes um jj yeah. uh we have one final question here from mad mel kuiper and i assume you knew something about this was maybe coming but Mad Mel Kuyper, uh, please speak to uh, J.J. Watt, please. Yeah, J.J., thanks for joining us, but we do have to know, uh, and maybe it's just water under the bridge at this point, but how awkward was it in the locker room last year after you broke Bill O'Brien's uh, nose in that practice? <laughs> Obviously, everyone knows you swung on him. You took a big shot at him, probably knocked him on his ass. How awkward was it in the locker room afterwards, or were your teammates pretty jacked up that you flattened his ass? <sighs> J.J., that was... Hey, that was a wild time to be a daily show when you were punching the oh, head coach man. of a team. That was a wild time, JJ. I assume your life was also pretty wild at that time. Uh, the only thing that compares to what happened was your WWE performance. I mean, that's essentially what went down. Okay, okay so you did a backflip off the top, all right? Then you climbed up yeah. on top of the cage, swan taunt on a yeah. Bill O'Brien. Then if the stories are accurate from the media, defensive coordinator also was like, you know what? I'll come in for that something <laughs> too, allegedly. So I appreciate you clearing that up for us. But I assume with everything, especially at that time in Houston, that was a completely big fabrication and we'll learn that story someday or no? Uh... Yeah, there's. I mean, like I said, there's there's stories that'll be told someday, but I don't. I think that there's always things that get taken out of context, just like a, 
somebody thinking that I would put my top three teams on a Peloton bio. So there's plenty, like, just like the mitochondria being a key to where I was going to sign. Like, there's, there's always things that are taken out of context, but there's always things that maybe aren't. You never know. JJ, you're the best, by the way. That was a Shanahan, John Lynch type of answer at a press conference yesterday. We can't thank you enough for your time. Good luck in Arizona alongside Zavin Collins, dude. Out of Tulsa. Guy's a ball player, dude. Ball hawk out there. JJ, we appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, JJ Watt. Hey, you're the best, dude. He is. Good guy. Man. They're just training all day, AJ. All day out there to watch. Just getting after it. Just getting after it out in the middle of the woods in Wisconsin. You yeah. got to love it. Got to love it. Hey, I believe me. I've seen it. I see it on Instagram. And, and I credit to Mad Mel, too, for clearing some stuff up. I mean, that was, uh, that was interesting. So while he was giving an answer there, okay, <laughs> obviously I look over and uh, Mad Mel goes, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you or me you or me for that one and I was like okay so now I gotta figure out if Mad Mel asked this do we have any chance of getting an answer okay so then we kind of just tag team that thing you know but you're up we had to ask about that had to oh, ask yeah. him you know? had to ask him and about he didn't that. deny it I mean I said you know punched him in the face broke his nose he might have fucking swung an elbow you know knocked him out who knows he didn't, he didn't deny it so and by the way I, I mean it I did go through somebody on a table. He said it was similar to that. Yeah. Did, did Bill O'Brien end up through a table? We'll we'll find out someday, maybe, hopefully. And he said probably on this show if he does ever talk about it. Well, and there's some truth to everything. Like, he mentioned the mitochondria thing. It's like, hey, JJ, mitochondria ends in A, and you ended up in Arizona. And by the so, way, own ya. How about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? There probably was some truth to it. The mitochondria from Arizona. Uh-huh. It was very obvious. So, we don't know what games he was playing. And if the stories we didn't ask him, golly, should ask him. Allegedly, he had the shirts of the team he was going to pick mailed to somebody else because he thought the mailman would potentially talk. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. People go through many changes as we get older. Isn't that right? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30. And testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No. Minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30. And the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm-hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com USA. Their supplement contains... Vitamin D3, what? zinc, what? magnesium, what? Mm, maca, what? and 
ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good news. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. One day after an eight and a half hour speaking day, we are back to talk about everything that happened last night. To be 100% you know, honest and transparent when you're speaking for five hours about something, you can potentially get lost in the moment and not remember much that happened last night. Mm-hmm. To help me out, we have at Boston Connor and a man who was sitting at the PFF Pro Football Focuses draft watch table last night alongside Chris Collinsworth, hopped on a plane this morning, flew down to Tampa, got a COVID test, did not have COVID. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler joins us on this first, first round fallout. Feel good. Phone it in Friday. Ty Schmidt is on his bachelor party already. Oh, yeah. He nice. left this morning. He had like a 5.30 wake-up call as well. Uh, enjoy the hell out of your weekend, Ty. Hell of a performance as Mad Mel. Zito and Foxy are here behind the scenes at the FanDuel Tampa Beach House and back in Indianapolis to hammer down boys. Hockey talking, everybody. How you guys doing back there? Uh, we're going to talk big time today about the fallout of what happened last night. Connor has has done hours and hours of research how every NFL fan base team feels, right? Is that not something? And we'll talk about that a little bit. But back there in Indy, Hammered Down Boys, what's the big takeaway gambling-wise from last night? What team made the best move in the sports book size? Have you guys figured that one out yet? We feel really good here. We accidentally matched today. Yeah, I see that. I see a little bit of a tag team back there, huh? The Hammered Down Boys. (laughs) Digs with the tag. The Canadian stooge comes in. All right. What, you guys look fantastic. It is bright, but uh, what's the big fallout gambling-wise the sportsbook said about last night? What teams maybe got much better and what teams potentially got worse? Whose odds got worse after their first round? Did that happen last night? Did you guys look into that? Odds didn't really move much yesterday. If anything, the Bears may have got a little bit better after getting there Justin we go. Fields. Wow. Um, the, 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 the team that's getting the most criticism is the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for their pick of a, of a tackle who they potentially could have got later, and they knew that they were potentially going to get that. But a lot of betters cashed in last night because Jamar Chase went where a lot of people thought he was going to go. Kyle Pitts went where he, a lot of people thought he was going to go. Uh, Trey Lance, everyone won on Trey Lance yesterday, thanks to you and your source. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a, I think it was a good a good betting night for, for the people. And Gumpy hit the Bears to draft a quarterback, so he won out very Let's big. go, Gump. When would you bet that, and what were the odds on that? It was plus 380 yesterday, so I hopped on that when I saw it. I mean, they had to make a move. I love what the Bears did to get field. So you just assumed immediately that Nagy and Pace were lying to Andy Dalton's face when they told him he was the starter, yeah? Yeah, you got to go out guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Burn it down. Post-conference said that Andy Dalton is still a starter. 
Well, after the draft. Okay, so let's get to it. So Andy Dalton will still be the starter yep. uh, in That's Chicago. Chicago absolutely not, says Darius Butler, which we will dive into here. Chicago had a, a, a hell of a haul they gave up to get to 11, I believe, to draft Justin Fields. And congrats to Justin Fields after a wild draft cycle. Now, I thought he was going to be the number two overall pick for like 10 years. Yep. He is at 11. If Justin Fields is a good football player, nobody's going to give a single fuck about how much they gave up. For instance, this morning, there's a lot of tweets that uh, the Los Angeles Rams did not have another first-round pick, and then they moved on. Mm -hmm. Then there's other teams that maybe traded away their first-round pick for something, and they'll just show the picture of who that person is. If Justin Fields is a player for all of these picks that they gave up in the future, if he's a stud, they'll say, ah, this first-round pick was used to get Justin fucking Fields. So anytime somebody makes a move like like that and gives up a lot they must love justin fields darius uh you have been on the justin fields train yeah. for a very very long time the whole world was on the justin field type train oh, for yeah. a very very long time then all of a sudden during this draft cycle something happened your guy dan orlovsky then almost got canceled <laughs> in the middle of it justin fields gets drafted ahead of mac jones and is chicago the right place for him you think he's going to be able to succeed over there or what are your thoughts on that immediately thinking after it happened immediately thinking i'm thinking it's a better move for the team than Justin, right, because of the weapons that are there. They are getting Damian Williams back in that backfield. They got Allen Robinson, obviously. Um, and he can create offense by itself. But I think it's better for Chicago and obviously for the league. I mean, if Chicago gets a quarterback, finally they'll probably throw for 4,000 yards. Maybe you got A-Rod leaving the division. Oh, you know, okay. You may have the best quarterback in, the, in your division in two years. So I, I love the move. That really happened uh, yesterday. Fast. Aaron Rodgers was yeah. gone from Green Bay. Now, no trades were made, really, aside from the Justin Fields. There's no team trades that happen with any players that are currently on uh, rosters or anything like that. If Aaron Rodgers got moved in the middle of that draft last night, the world would have shut down. Now, who knows what's going to happen this weekend? You know, there was people reporting yesterday, uh, per my sources, very loudly, hey, we're here and it could be done this weekend. Trey Wingo had an interesting series of tweets about what his sources were telling him. I think one of them got like nine. 9,000 retweets or something. And it, it, it was basically how Aaron and, and maybe how both parties are dealing with this. The thing yesterday that was very fascinating to me, and Gunther Kuntz came out, and I think Mark Murphy came out after everything, and they said, we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers or whatever. There was four different reports yesterday that they were not going to trade Aaron, then they were going to potentially listen, then now we're not going to trade. But they were the ones that obviously leaked that information to Schefter for that article yesterday. That was a very pro-Green Bay Packer, anti-Aaron Rodgers narrative uh, article. Oh, yeah. So why are they letting that information out if they're not going to trade? That, like That's my big thing. Why are they reaching out to an insider to write an article for them to explain their point of view if they're not at least thinking about it? Or maybe they're trying to tell their fans, like, hey, we have, we have tried here in the last month or two to not fuck this up. We know the last couple years have been tough. Uh, I just don't understand the whole situation, and it feels like Aaron has all the cards in this situation. D-Butt, do you agree with that situation, or do you think that Green Bay Packers kind of control his entire destiny, and this will be like Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. They'll make up and move along. No, I definitely think he, got, he has the leverage here. He has the power here. I mean, the NFL is kind of slowly becoming a little more and more like the NBA. You know, these quarterbacks are flexing their muscle. And, I mean, he still – he can walk away. He can go out to L.A. and host Jeopardy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not – Super Bowl, yeah. MVPs. I mean, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. But I think he, he still holds the cards here. Now, Denver Broncos came into the conversation. And Mark Schlereth yesterday, who Denver Broncos legend, does local radio in Denver still. He'll be joining us in the 1 o'clock hour, nice. by the way, Eastern Santa Cruz. He was reporting yesterday, like, hey, I've heard this deal is about done. So who knows if that'll take place. Let's go back 
Uh, that's Jonathan Jones uh, tweeting that Broncos have indeed put together an impressive deal for Rodgers. Mark Schlereth just reported on 104.3 The Fan that a deal for the Broncos to land Aaron Rodgers is as close as a done deal as it can get. Okay, so is that going to happen today? Maybe when Schlereth is on? Who knows? Nothing uh, like that happened during the draft. The thing that really stole the show for Twitter, I realized. Oh, yeah. Last night when I went to bed. Aaron Rodgers was number one trend on Twitter for a long time. Basically the whole thing. Should have been Matt Mel, Jason. Yeah, well, Jason and Matt sure. Mel had quite an appearance yesterday. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was some special shit right hey, there. Oh, yeah. By the way, by the way, no sports Emmys nominations. I don't know how after you see that. That's unfucking believable <laughs> But um, Mac Jones. Oh. Mac Jones. Oh. Mac Jones oh. became... Uh, the number one trend for a lot of reasons. Yeah, Bill Belichick here gets uh, somebody who has been compared to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. One year without Tom Brady, team stinks. Okay, <laughs> well, so he did. They hear Tom Brady, they go into it. He spends 160 million. Mac Jones is this guy who allegedly has a photographic memory and blah blah blah. His teammates say like, "Hey, we love Mac Jones more than we like Tua." Actually, like this whole thing. Cam Newton's still the starter. But from Mac Jones' walk to Roger Goodell to everything that guy does for the next three, four years, it is going to be speculated. You, immediately upon this draft happening, or or Mac Jones becoming a Patriot last night, started celebrating so hard. Patriots fans know Cam Newton's the starter until Jarrett or Mac can compete with him, says Bill Belichick. At what point? Whenever somebody's better than Cam, is what Bill Belichick said. Mac Jones is going to be your quarterback for how many years? Never? 10 years? 20 years? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say 18. Uh, Jesus. But he'll probably be on the team for 19. You know, he's not going to come out to start because it is Cam's show the way he said it. And, you know, I'm not going to get into uh, how Mac Jones and Tom Brady both have eight letters in their name. Oh, I'm not going to get into Mac Jones breaking the FBS record for completion percentage. I won't get into that. I'm going to table my Super Bowl expectations. Well, hold on. And how about the photos? The obvious. photos. And then I Tom mean, Brady. Tweeting yesterday, all oh, great shirtless Tom Brady photo t- oh, yeah. day or whatever. It happens every single year. Mac Jones and him look, you know, just like each other. I mean, they're bland white, <laughs> bland white. I mean, that is just how it goes. Now, will Mac Jones uh, have the MJ? Um, what number is Mac Jones? Oh, he's 10. MJ 10. You know, TB 12 made Tom look a lot better at the age of 50 than he did whenever he was 22 or whatever. Yeah. So now, the MJ 10 method, I'm excited to hear what that is. But what if this son of a bitch goes on to be the exact same thing? Josh McDaniels and Bill go on a five-year run. Darius, you were up there. There's a chance they could do that. There's a chance Cam Newton, by the way, could come out and have an incredible year. Absolutely. COVID last year got him. First year in the system got him. Zero offensive weapons, just like what Tom was dealing with, got him. Maybe He might come in and just absolutely dominate. But with Mac Jones sitting there, you assume, just like he did at Alabama, he can watch film. They said a good thing he can do is watch film, see other people's mistakes, and somehow apply it to himself so he doesn't make the same mistake all that could have been a smokescreen bullshit so they could compliment mac jones but this feels like bill belichick won the draft that's how everybody thought last yeah night. i mean and that's what bill belichick does i guess right yeah and he didn't he didn't have to move to get him so he yeah. got him he stayed there at 15 got him and this is the perfect situation for mac jones to excel in the league i mean falling going to three and then going to new england you know josh mcdaniels this is the type of quarterback like you said now the only difference between mac jones and tom brady was a couple of difference a lot of difference well, a few go on but i mean brady, let me hear let me hear the first brady one that comes has 
uh, uh, especially his prime had a rocket arm when it came yeah. to those short and inter- intermediate yeah. passes been accurate. I don't see that with Mac Jones tape. I see a lot of layups. I see a lot of really he, he gets Ooh. through the reads, but it's not that same zip on those throws. So that's oh. a big end. Tom Brady's a killer too. He's an assassin. I don't see that. That walk to the stage was like. Come on, man. He's got Moxie. No, what do you no, mean? no, 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 no. That could have been a Vince McMahon walk. Instead, it looked like that was the horrible. Bill walk. No, it was an anxious insurance salesman. Okay, that's what he looked like. Okay, he looked like an anxious. Come on, man. Look at this shit. Look at, look, I mean, look at those. Look, look at, at those Terry, legs. Man. Did you hear? Look, look at his it, shit. Man. Look at his shit. Is what Darius <laughs> Butler just shit, said. Uh, but his teammates loved him though. Yeah. And there's been some videos. You that, imagine coming out of the tunnel. You see in Tom Brady. You're a Patriots fan. You see Tom Brady come out for 20 years. Then you see Cam come out. Yeah. And then you see <laughs> Matt, the future. Yeah, this guy Come right on, here. Hey, hey, we can pull know. the Brady photo from I the combine back Tom, up. He didn't look like Tom Brady <laughs> when he was coming out. Yeah, but he was still sprinting down to the other end screaming, let's fucking that, go. Yeah. Matt Jones is going to be doing that too in practice. Maybe. We don't know if that's him or not. Well, we have heard, though, in practice, when he wasn't the guy, he was coming out uh, talking uh, shit. Was, him and Belichick, I bet he's going to be screaming out. See, I'm already too juiced up. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. But he's going to be coming out, you know, <laughs> no. barking at Belichick. All Matt right. Jones has it. All right, nice so let's, right let's go through some other things uh, that happened. Happened in the draft that were notable. I saw Raiders fans weren't happy. Feel like this is every year. Yes, <laughs> By the way, I feel I mean, like this is something every year that happens with the Raiders fans with uh, Mike Mayock and his decision making. A lot of uh, go back to TV. A lot of that. Whenever on. Mike Mayock makes decisions, Connor. What were some of the big takeaways from the internet last night that you got a chance to follow along from different fan bases? Yeah, the Raiders fans were mad, uh, but I mean, also when you take a step further, they got rid of five offensive linemen. Give them a break. They had to go get. Somebody. Hey, you remember Denzel Good? Oh yeah, big hey. good. That was my locker mate. Me too, right? He was in between us, yeah. literally in between us. Yeah. He, whenever he showed up, I remember seeing him like, this is an enormous human Massive. being. Massive. This is an enormous human being. Then you start talking to him, he's just like this like super cool, like just super cool, chill guy. And I think that was maybe a thing about, I think he had to lose some weight. I think they had to. He, I, had, to get, he had to get in football shape. He had, NFL, to, he had to become a pro. He had like a pro, he had to get a pro body, and he did. And he his, but he was always super cool dude. Yep. Like, and I think we probably got, because he seemed shy almost, didn't talk he, to a lot of people. But he was right next to us, got a chance to chat with him. Still talked to Denzel Good, by the yep. way. And then he became, I think something either, he either learned or always had it and he got a chance to see, he became a fucking killer on the field. Yeah. Like he became an absolute killer. He's over there. They just redid him. They're like, uh, let's go ahead and build around this guy, I was so pumped for him to see like he, him get his shine over there. And he's a prototypical offense uh, uh, Raiders guard, Raiders lineman. Like he's big, strong, is a mauler, and like he came from a small school. I forget what, what school he yeah, came. Yeah, me too. Very real small. small, yeah, real small school. But been around those pros, he's gonna get better and better. He's a dog. He might have been three hundred and sixty pounds when he got to damn. That maybe I, a little more. He. It's like Trent Brown. But, he, but he, you can tell he can still move, though. That was the thing. Athlete. Yeah, he's he still like, an athlete. This guy's yeah. an athlete. So I think everybody, including Denzel, came to the decision like, okay, if, if he molds just a little bit and gets like a killer mentality, he could be good. He was one of the ones that got kept out there in Oakland, which I'm very happy for him. But you're right. They went on an entire offensive line cutting spree there. Shot him down. Trades, everything like that. <laughs> so if... If he loves them, you got to take them. I mean, who knows what the Raiders fan base can really expect out of that team? You know, who they'll win a game that they shouldn't win, yeah. then they're going to lose a game that why they lose. Who else other than the Raiders? You think? I, I, for me, you know, my big my thought was yeah, what's that? And Darius, I saw you tweet this, so I'm happy you you and I are on the same page. Jamar Chase is a baller. Okay, and we said oh. this live on a thing. He is an absolute baller. Stunned. But for. There's been a lot of people that talked about this. For a wide receiver to succeed, 
like eight other people on the field have to do something first. Right there, there's an offensive line. Obviously, that has to have enough time for that. Uh, the quarterback has to. I assume maybe even running back has to do something before a wide receiver can get the ball. Jamar Chase, absolute stud. Joe fucking Burrow almost died last year. And this dude, I guess uh, Penne Soul, wherever. Right there, yeah, yeah. yeah right here. They're saying he's a guy, guy. Like yeah. they're saying he's a guy. MCDC in the the Detroit Lions war room had a full chest bump celebration. Yeah. Went nuts at, at Jamar Chase. Him and Joey Burrow obviously have great chemistry. I assume that'll just pick right back up. But I think that was a miss for the Bengals on my, in my eyes. If I'm doing the Bengals draft, that's what I think, Darius. And I saw you agreed on that. Why yeah. is that exactly the same thoughts on you or anything Man, else? I feel the same way. Uh, obviously, he opted out last year, but I watched some um, little special that Jeff Schwartz had with him too, just to break him down. His plays, so so yeah. And mm-hmm. so, if it's one guy, honestly, and there's some blue chips in this draft. If it's one guy I had to bet. To be a Hall of Famer from this class, he'd be the first guy on the list. Oh, so more than Ooh. Kyle Pitts? Yeah, before Kyle Pitts, absolutely. Did you watch Kyle Pitts' film? I did. Freak show. He looked like a, a, a grown man. Freak show. He looked like a grown man. He goes four to Atlanta, so that means Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, uh, Ridley, Julio Jones. Damn. And I forget who else. They have a pretty deep skill set. That defense last year, I think they played okay a little bit. Didn't, didn't the Atlanta Falcons defense play okay towards the end? Towards the end, yeah. I don't better. remember. They did they lose did. a few dudes, though. I don't remember. Keanu Neal, he's in Dallas now. After they fired their head coach, they did start playing really good defense. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so I remember that. So, maybe the Atlanta Falcons were potentially thinking about a retool and a rebuild because they got $100 million to the uh, quarterback. I think Julio got a move, too. Yeah, because they got salary cap issues, yeah. so they're going to have to pay everybody. They're going to have – Julio Jones – okay, Darius, you're here. Thank God. Um <laughs> When you describe wide receivers, it's always like aside from Julio, right? <laughs> yeah, that that is. He's 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 one. I mean, but he he's, he's banged up this year, and he's you know he's getting a little up there in age. So I sat at a blackjack table with Julio Jones once down in the Bahamas. Mutant, <laughs> <laughs> stealing <laughs> all the money. Yeah. He he had a, uh, I think he, I believe he had a beater on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he had like linen pants, white linen pants. Yeah. He was playing four hands, and I was playing the other two on the side. And he, he had been there for two to three hours. It was at a pool, blackjack table or whatever. And at some point, he was either just uh, going to go to the beach or somewhere, or maybe go to the bathroom because he, he was putting in some time over there. He stood up. <laughs> he stood up from the table. I remember sitting there, and he did not know. And I looked at him, and I was like, how are we in the same fucking league? <laughs> yeah. Like, I am not. He yeah. is... So he's offensive line, defensive lineman type whenever he stands up. And then he's stronger, can jump higher, and does everything like that. I am very surprised that if he is to be moved, that that hasn't happened already. Maybe they're waiting to see what happens for the rest of the draft, the Atlanta Falcons. But there are a lot of teams that if you get Julio Jones, it's immediate. I think you're in there if he's playing. Do you agree on that, Deepa? I mean, I I would love him down in Indy. Me too. I would love him. I I asked Chris Bowder about it yesterday, right, as soon as he came on the draft special. I respect that. Yeah. I was like, hey, how's it going? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay, Julio Jones. What are we doing? Get right. it done. Are we not, why are we not signing Julio Jones? And he started laughing. You have all the answers. <laughs> he, he, He's a monster. He, Julio or Ballard? With, with what? Both. I think Ballard's <laughs> pretty fucking good at his thing and oh, what yeah. he does. And if Carson Wentz can play, that'd be great. But you get Julio in Indianapolis. What would you have to give up for him? Um, I think what do you think? I, a couple firsts? A one? I don't one know. Or two? I don't think so. I don't think you will. I don't, bro. The values on trades of players are some of the most surprising shit to me all the time. I have no idea how 
for instance, Randy Moss was like a third yep. rounder or a fourth rounder fourth. or something. In the middle of his prime. Yeah. Not that, and it's like, why that? Well, he's, you know, he's got a limited time left or whatever. I just think with the wide receiver position, unless everybody does the aside from Julio that we do in a conversation, mm-hmm. I think you could probably a second and a third or, or maybe maybe two twos or something yeah, like that. that no, nah. just because just because of what you said, Julio and everybody else, that's at least a first. Well, me too. By the way, this is what you and me are thinking. It's going to come out after the trade. It's going to come out after the trade, and it's going to be something that's just absurd, and every fan base is going to go, we couldn't have fucking... Why didn't we do we that? We couldn't have given up a, 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 a second and a fifth rounder for yeah. fucking Julio Jones. What did, what did Jones? DeAndre go for? Like a, a third. Sec- a third and a second or something. Yeah, come on, Julio. And David Johnson. I don't even think... I think it was like a second and a fourth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, it, it's not like that. And I think there's... Some GMs that view it like us, they're yep. like, uh, Julio Jones, you're not going to just go to a Super Bowl because we're going to make a trade for this guy. And then there's other teams that are like, we can find. We can find. We got a first-year GM in there. In Atlanta? First, yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah. First-year GM, yeah. So. We don't know how he's going to be drafting. Yeah. He doesn't know how he's going to be drafting, probably. Yeah, I got, I got to move. I got to. I got to get a first for him at least. Yeah, I would. Me too. By the way, that's not what's going to happen though. You got to hang on to him. That's your Atlanta. I mean, you get Pitts now. You got Julio and Ridley. Like at least give it. Hey, let's see in four games. You know how good this offense can really be with Artie Smith and his whole system. Mm-hmm. They, they could. They could have a legitimate chance if they can just put up forty points a game. Now they are in Tampa's division. Yeah, so that's going to be troublesome. And Carolina, they're, they're making moves too. What did Carolina do last night? Uh, they Corner. Had, yeah. J.C. Horn. Oh, yeah. Side. He might have been the first defensive player off the board. Yeah, right? he was. He yeah, was. First defensive player And then Sertain won right after that, and he was supposed to go to Dallas. Go ahead, Diggs. I was going to ask there, because I was I was interested, did the correct corner between, because it went J.C. Horn and then it went Patrick Sertain, was the correct corner taken first? It could have been either one. Just depends on the system. Kyle, uh, that's not what Kyle Pitts said. Nope. It, it could, of course not. But it could have been either one. Uh, <laughs> it could have been either one. Um, J.C., I was surprised with um, – with Carolina, just because they don't play as much press coverage, and uh, that's what JC does. So they got. If you take a guy at eight, though, you got to let him do what he does. They that, do three three five. Or they play the three 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 five. Yeah. Old West Virginia uh, double stack or whatever the hell it is, and, and that's what Phil Snow has done. Yeah. Now I don't know if he's still running the same three three five, but no matter what your scheme is in the secondary with him, if he can potentially be a lockdown. Can you just put him out there and then everybody else can run any system? Or is there like that, a... That gives you a lot more flexibility as a defensive coordinator. If you get a corner that I know, hey, you can line up across whoever, Mike Thomas in your division, I feel good with that matchup. That helps the defense out. He's a dog. The first thing you see on tape is his competitiveness. Obviously, he has the bloodline from his pops. Um, I, I, I like that pick right there. Do you think... Do you think watching film of a college player, you can figure out who is potentially going to be an island-like corner? Like, for instance... I mean, have we seen a Revis? And not really, right? Revis yeah, got I people re- to Pro Bowls. Revis got people promotions. Revis got Re- Revis, Revis got Revis was different. Revis. Revis was different. And you, we were in the Big East together, so I saw him in the Big East, and he was different in the Big East. And he got to the league, and I mean, his, his technique at the line and uh, what he what he does at the break points. I mean, I haven't seen another guy do that. Is he the man. best of all time? I wouldn't say best of all time, man. Just, just because of uh, just because of the stretch. I got to go, Dion. I'll put Rod, Champ Bailey. He was twelve time Pro Bowler. Um, okay, so you, C Wood, but um, Revis is right in that top five mix, though. Is corner something that's very difficult to judge because situations are situational? Uh, not really. If you, if if you watch it, I mean, if you watch some guys, so, so Revis didn't have a lot of ball production either. Like he would take away the side of the field, but. You know, Champ, Deion, C. Wood, like, they're going to have a forced fumble, pick. They're going to get you. They may give up a touchdown, but 
Revis wasn't giving up a touchdown, wasn't giving up catches, but he's not giving you extra possessions either. So it's kind of give and take. But they weren't throwing to him either, right? Exactly. So it's impossible to judge is what you're saying. It's tough. Corner corner's a tough position to judge, but I wouldn't say he's the greatest all time. So in the corner community, though, you guys have conversations. But outside the corner community, you think it would be difficult to judge? Outside of, outside of it, a lot of people just look at stats now. And you can't do that at that cornerback position. But inside the community, and even, then you got to talk about a guy like Sherman, who is not a man-to-man guy, but the job that he does within his defense is elite all time, and he turns that ball over. So it's it's, it's tough, man. It's kind of your flavor. What a flavor you like. Paul. Yeah. Gilmore. Throwing Gilmore. Just won a defense player. Thought he year. was going to Dallas last night oh, at yeah. 10. That stretch. You know, you, that's that longevity. You got to have a, a decade where you're like top two, three. Oh, so that's to be in you, that conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, to be in that. In my and, opinion. And by the way, Dion changed everything, right? He changed. He changed the game. Period. Because old school. Who's the dude from Oakland? Old school that used to just punch people in the face at the corner position. Um, <laughs> he spoke at uh, our. Um, I know he Jack spoke at our uh, Willie Brown. Yeah, he spoke Willie Brown Hall of Fame. R. P. Willie Brown. Our too. symposium. I think he yeah, spoke. Yeah, he, he spoke did. at our symposium. He said he was the goat. Yeah, he and did. He said he, I mean, Mel Blunt. I love Mel Blunt too. I forgot. I can't believe I left him off. The great Pittsburgh Mel Blunt. He was, he was ahead of his time. So I heard that guy speak, and I was like, <laughs> all right, I love this guy. He's the best of all time. But he played a very different style of football than what they played. Oh, he now. changed the yeah. rule. He changed the game. Literally. <laughs> he used to put pads on his arms, they said, so he could throw actual. <laughs> Literally. That's changed awesome. The game. Yeah. They changed the rule. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is somebody who is a massive part of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but doesn't get to join us as much as we, we had hoped. Not sure about him. I believe he's driving. So shout out to whoever is also holding the phone for him. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now. Fox Sports Insider of Insiders, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Glazer. Yeah! Let's go! Jay! Come on, Jay! How are you, dude? Ah, you guys are loving me up. There you go. Oh, oh, <laughs> Come yeah. on. Hey, listen, Jay, I would like everybody to know here live. Jay, I'd like everybody here to know live. Jay Glazer yesterday during a commercial break, okay, and I have a get a chance to chat, and he goes... What's going on with your boy, Aaron? What's oh. going on with your boy, Aaron? He says. And then I go, I go, I don't know. I don't like to call. He goes, something's going on with your boy, Aaron. Something, go, something big's on. And then you even said a team or two. And then we had to sit on that for the whole fucking show. We had to sit on this thing. Three hours later, three, three, four hours later, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, things are going on with Aaron. So we want to let everybody know. That just like we've been saying this entire time, yep. Jay knew. Jay knew. Jay knew. Jay hey, Jay. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay, for real, though, it, it it's become a thing on our show because it does feel like you know everything that's going on. You said you've been in this game now like 26 years. Is there anything, 30 years, is there anything that happens where you either don't know about it? And do you feel like because you don't put out everything as you hear it, you don't get as much respect in the insider game at this point as you should? I get respect to the insider game. I, I was the first one to do the minute by minute breaking news back in the day. It was, you know, when this whole internet thing came out, which I think it's going to catch on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was me versus a legend named Len Bascarelli and then Morton John Clayton. So we were the first ones who were doing it. And not, you know, at, oh, no. Jay. Jay. Nowhere else. And then me versus 10, then 20, then 30, then. Then NFL Network came about, and ten, you know, two there, then three, then ten. And I'm like, man, I enjoy my life, man. I, I, I did this shit, and 
Um, <laughs> you know, I, I got to make sure that my bomb shelter for Fox NFL Sunday. That's what I got to make sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, and the other thing too is like, look, is there things that go on in the NFL? I don't know. Absolutely. Um, but is there a lot of stuff I just sit <laughs> and and uh, I, I think me and the other insiders probably put out just about what we're told. Because at least for me, and you got to build up trust, and you got to build up when you need it, right? So for me on Sundays, well, oh, okay. I'm with you know all the scoops. So in the meantime, I just try to broker information back and forth. Well, Jay, I want to let you know, I think that we potentially haven't been showing enough love there. Now, yeah. I wish Ty Schmidt was here. <laughs> he is on his bachelor party. He is your biggest fan. He is Somebody's the- marrying that guy? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you have seen you have seen Jason Glazer. How do you feel about Jason Glazer, Jay? That, how do you feel about Ty? Uh, I, I, well, I, I told you the other day, right? I was like, hey, the, the, the imitation's a little bit off because he kind of gave me a speech impediment. <laughs> my, my voice is raspy, but he's giving me some other speech impediments that I don't really get. Now listen, maybe that's me just not having a whole shit ton of self-awareness. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, D-Butt, for Jay Glazer. Anything on the draft last night? Hey, man, not even the draft, man. Shout out to Jay. Jay's a real one, man. I don't know if you remember, but a couple years ago, I went up to Indy's training camp before even getting in this uh, media game, and uh, you pulled me aside in our hotel lobby, and we chopped it up for 30 minutes. And uh, I, I just I appreciate that, man. It told me all the things you were doing with the vets and the former players with the MVP program. So uh, that's super dope, man. So I just want to give you a shout out. Jay, you've been around so long. Is that is that why? Because yeah, of, because the relationships. Do you have relationships with just like a lot of people in every building? And is it is it because like Darius Butler sitting on the other side of the bar? You're like, what's going on? Let's chat. Is that just how you are? It's just how I am, man. You know, like for me, you know, I've always talked about like my own depression, and for me, building a team helps me through the depression. It's like the NFL for me is that team. Uh-huh. Or the fight world for me is that team. So, yeah, I'm not one of these guys. Like, man, and you, you want to know how, like, I got connected because I talked to everybody. Well, a lot of these little slappies that I used to talk to back in the day were, like, you know, assistant, assistant, assistant coaches and assistant, assistant personnel guys. About 35 Greek ended up becoming head coaches. Uh-huh. You know, 37 become GMs. Uh-huh. And, you know, I talked to him back then. We still talk, but they're, man, they are my, like, I I need a team. I have to have teams for the roommates in my head to talk nicely to each other. Well, so, yeah, when I meet a guy like Darius, man, I love it. I love expand out. He's telling me what he's trying to do. So I'm going to try to use my experience to help anybody I can because people help me along the way. Well, Jay, we want to let you know, very cool that you talk about that, by the way. And I think as, you know, mental health becomes much more known about, I think it's an important thing to also realize about how you can potentially battle this. A good community is something that helps with everybody. It sounds like your community is an awesome one. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Jay, uh, Pat mentioned you, you know, handing over the Aaron Rodgers news, which was massive. But you also earlier in the day helped out. Uh, with, you know, a couple other mock drafts. Uh, when did it become apparent to you that Mac Jones wasn't going to three? And uh, was it always Trey Lance all along? Or did you even know that? Or were you somebody that didn't know about that? No, I know, I know about, you guys always messed with me about three weeks ago. I did three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, what time was here. But no. it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's, your guys in the building say to you, this is why I don't do a mock draft. If your guys in the building say to you, Blaze, this is who we're doing so you don't look bad or dumb, we're on the clock, well, man, you can't say anything, then I can't say anything. 
So I'm not going to lie to the fans, right? But man, going in, I also know what not to say. And then what I try and do also for, for draft-wise is a, a team will say, listen, this is what we need, we want. How far do we have to go? Or can we drop down and get them? Or what do you know? So I'll try and make sure everybody gets what they want. And, yeah, if I had to do the second-by-second reporting, I probably wouldn't be able to do that. And that's where it really comes uh, handy during the season when I'm trying to break bombshells during the season or make sure I have stuff that nobody else has. Because, look, on our show, man, they're, they're the best who ever lives. And Bradshaw and Howie and Strahan and, and, and uh, Jimmy and Kurt. So i got to pull my weight during that during that time. So i got to make sure that's what I could – really hit it home but you know i used to do the off season man i used to love it now man i love my off season hey jay jay that's interesting to think about though because at what point in your career and did you realize like hey i'm gonna go try to catch one big fish as opposed to a hundred little fish you know because by the way those hundred little fish we've been living with those Mm -hmm. man they are wrong a lot i mean those those things are wrong a lot at what point was there a story you fucked up or something that went wrong where you're like okay i'm gonna wait for the big one as opposed to dealing with all this little bullshit no you know what it was i don't know if you remember but man yeah i used to pick fights with espn when they used to, I used to say that they stole my my, my stuff, my scoops. And I didn't really give a shit. I just thought it was a good brand, like David versus Goliath. I'm just swinging away, right? But when I realized, like, Hashtag man, everybody good. really does steal your shit. It's like two seconds. So I'm like, why am I going crazy here? And, and man, it's ruined every relationship I've ever had. You know, being on this phone nonstop, ruined a marriage. Just, man, it's, and I'm like, why am I doing this when everybody's stealing your shit two seconds later? Uh. And so the business changed about uh, somewhere in the last decade where when you break something, everybody, boom, Social they have media. two seconds. So now I just try to make sure, especially on Sundays, okay, yeah, it's live TV, so there's no, you could see, okay, he had it right there. Got it. Right? Or, but on Twitter, everybody just takes it. But there's no mistake in it when I say it on live TV or something like, I'm going to come from an angle, nobody knows this, and get more insight than anybody else. But that, yeah, the business changed where kind of the payoff of the breaking news, um, it just, it changed where everybody just kind of, they all have it one second later anyway. Hey, uh, Jay, we can't thank you enough for joining us from your beautiful Tesla. I don't know where you're headed. I'm not a Tesla. I'm not a Tesla guy. Really? What is that? Huh? What is that? It's a 1980 Honda Matic, Honda Civic. Oh, okay. All right. All right. There he is. All right. Thank you so much. It's not a Tesla. I'm not a Tesla guy, though. It's the, the electric Porsche. I'm doing my part. Hey, thanks for being a hero over there. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen. Love you, brother. Yeah, you too, dude. See you, you, dude. He said he was going to be driving somewhere. Uh, So shout out to whoever was sitting passenger, by the way, holding that thing. Strong arm. Strong arm. (laughs) Uh, This is not. Come on. Come on. Say not Tesla, dude. It's a Porsche. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a Tesla. Not a That is such an interesting thing because as we've had Jason Glazer on our show, you know what I mean? And it's become something that Ty loves. Like, Ty, <laughs> Ty was a Glazer fan for a long time. Oh, so yeah. Ty has worked on doing the Jay Glazer for a long time because amongst his friends, Ty would drop into these impressions, I think, his entire life, and it would just begin an immediate pop, which is why we are very lucky that we get this. But Jay Glazer, you know, the first couple times we did this, 
you know, probably should have gave him a heads up. It was coming. That's yeah. on me, right? Because I do have a relationship with him. I get a text out of nowhere from him. It's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what is this? On? What is this? <laughs> he loves you, dude. He loves you. He's like, oh, okay, let's, I hope so. I mean, we're going to find out. And then he, he would put out, like, he said, is there any way you could tell your people, like, I'm putting out a tweet about mental health and people, your fans are coming in like, Jay knew this three weeks ago. It was like, hey, but, but by the way, Jay did know yeah. three weeks ago. Jay knows. He's hashtag, locked in. Hashtag Jay knew. Like knew. every time something drops, literally or amongst us, it's like, Jay already knew this, I bet. And it is fascinating to hear him be like, Everybody, you know, gets the information. Who gets it first or whatever? He said, I would get information first. I would break it, and everybody would just steal my shit. So it's like, why am I? I'm on two phones. He said, ruined a marriage. It's ruined every relationship. And then as soon as I put something out, everything gets buried. Anyways, per sources, they always just say, instead of cutting somebody out, I'm just going to go with the big fish. I'm going to earn this Porsche on Fox NFL Sunday and enjoy my life. Big fish. Jay Glazer, cool dude, though. I I think anybody that's ever met him in person is like, hey, good dude to be around. Just like you, Yeah, great dude. And uh, good energy. And like it sounded like to me, basically, he was saying I could do that shit if I wanted to. But, uh, but I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of big homie. Yeah, excuse me right now. I, I've been in the game a long time. Okay, uh, I'm OG in this insider game. At some point, Shefty, Rappaport, Palacero, Field, Yates, so they're going to get to a point where they're fed up with just breaking every single minute-to-minute yeah. minute news. I would like to let those guys know that we appreciate their minute-to-minute minute news break. Oh, yeah. Because we live For off sure. of that Need on a daily basis. But I could see how you could potentially get out of that phase. Um, he said that he knew three weeks ago that Trey Lance was going to be in there. Kyle Shanahan came out and said that he loved hearing. He yeah. said when everybody came out and said he loved Mac Jones, he was like, I wasn't going to change that. At all. He was completely okay with it. If Trey Lance was going to be their number three overall, whenever they decide to trade up there, that's awesome for Trey Lance. That's awesome for the Niners that a smokescreen was put up that they weren't going to take uh, Trey Lance. What is the upside of Trey Lance? I think that's what we're all waiting on. Ivy League offers coming out of high school, okay? Had a bunch of D1 offers, but it was either to be wide receiver or safety or something Mm -hmm. else because his highlight film from high school is filthy. Now, that was in Marshall, Minnesota, which is very small. Trey Lance going to Kyle Shanahan's offense with that team, that defense and everything. They're going to be successful. Like, that that is going to be a good team. Jimmy G, who knows, $23 million. They said they're not going to trade him $23 million if they trade or cut him. So that is, we got to remember that, especially in the world that we're in with the salary cap we currently live in. But I just think, I think Trey Lance is going to be really good after the more and more I learn about him. You didn't know he existed. Neither did I. After watching him on film, D-Butt, your thoughts? Freakish athlete. Uh, obviously can improve on his accuracy. Any of these top quarterbacks that would have went to San Francisco, I think would have had the best at least start to their career. So um, they got Jimmy G there. So if he's not ready out of the gate, maybe they stick with Jimmy G for a couple games, maybe. But um, I mean, if this kid is anything like everybody in, in behind the scenes, like when I, not what you can see on tape, but behind the scenes, like interviews, talking to teams, maybe get on the whiteboard. That's where it seems like he kind of jumped the other guys. So, um, I mean, I'm excited to see him out there in that offense. Now, Kyle Shannon came out and said that Trey Lance was the smartest quarterback that we encountered. Yeah. This comes after the Justin Fields, Dr. Goldman standard, 130 highest uh, intellect recall portion of the Goldman standard test. And also the Mac Jones photographic memory, yeah. smartest guy. He said, nah, Trey Lance actually the smartest guy. How come we didn't hear that about Trey Lance? What's that all about? I mean, it feels like the smokescreen season was uh, effectively us. perfectly executed from the Niners. It got I, us too. We, until yesterday, it was, it was uh, Lawrence, Wilson, Jones for – Two weeks, it felt like, leading up to the draft. And then yesterday, all of a sudden, Lance made that run because 
they threw 18 different smoke bombs at us, and they all hit perfectly. Yeah. Now, you asked about that, and I would assume that Jay Glazer was one of the two and a half people outside of the Niners that knew that, right? Jay Is that what you you asked? You were like, what did the odds So at what point did you know, Jay? I, I, almost, I almost tried to walk him into, hey, what, which day throughout either March or April then, what, did you find did out? Because we knew, yes, we found out yesterday. Yeah. So our sources told us yesterday, hey, when I got that message yesterday from our source, I felt like a fucking genius all of a sudden. Yeah. So I started talking, hey, it's not Mac Jones. It's nope. Trey Lance. Then all of a sudden the oh, odds. Yeah, I, did. I saw that video. That was the video with the bar. Yeah. All, all of a sudden the odds. Hey, yeah. those odds started changing quickly. He went from plus 270 to minus 160. Is that when the odds changed? Okay. When I started dancing on the grapes. Yeah. So then it went. Now, granted, I don't know. I was the only one that got this information. Other people got yeah, this yeah. information as well. But it was happening in real time as we were live. And uh, the 49ers fans were pumped that it was not Matt Jones. I mean, pumped. And I think that's because they can just only imagine what Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> big-ass brain is going to be able to do with Trey Lance, who can play linebacker probably if he wanted to really get into this thing in the NFL. I'm pumped for that Niners team. Jimmy, 23 million, Jimmy G. There ain't no that, fucking chance yeah. he's on that no team. Way. What's up, Diggs? So I was just looking at it, um, and I was in a complete agreement with you about the 23 million and Jimmy G. Um, but then we – I can't remember. Who, I think it was Orlowski who came on yesterday and said that Lance only has 300 career passes in his college career and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and I just looked, and the Niners have $18 million in cap space. So it's not like they're they're strapped for cash right now unless they're going to go out and potentially trade for like a Julio or something like that. So since they're already okay with their cap space this year, do they need to, that extra $23 million for this upcoming season? Darius, your thoughts? I mean, I, I say you keep Jimmy G. I mean, if you, I mean, yeah. at least to see how long, uh, you know, how far along Trey Lance has to come, and uh, you, you keep he's a guy. Jimmy G was in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, so if he's healthy, you're going to go out there and win ball games. So uh, I say you keep him. That's, but now if they have money, I didn't know they they because I only saw the meme where if they cut Jimmy G or traded Jimmy G, they'd be able to bring in Julio Jones and an entire draft class. Yep. So when I saw that, I was like, well. Jimmy G's going. See ya. And, and that's just something that's going to – got to get Sage in here, by the way. Just good advice, uh, you know, good vibes. Get mm-hmm. Sage out here. Get the bad vibes out. Of yeah, got This you. whole thing. Yeah. Spotrack says, with $23.6 million to be cleared, trading and releasing quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo would free enough cap space to cover the 49ers' entire top 51 draft pool and nearly all of Julio Jones' contracts. So as soon as you see that, you see $23 million and number three overall pick, which they traded to future first, I think, for to get up to there with the Miami Dolphins. They obviously see that position – as being their franchise going forward. That is a massive investment. You see the $23 million, but if they're not cap-strapped and you get a chance for Jimmy G whenever he plays, they win. And Kyle Shanahan and Lynch came out and said, it's just when he gets hurt, we're, we're dead. Yeah. Like, when he gets yeah. hurt, we are dead. So we, this, this is the right move. Everybody should feel, Niners fans should feel this is the right move. We feel this is the right move. Uh, anybody with a football IQ should feel this is the right move. Our quarterback has been hurt two out of the three years we have had him. The one year he was good, we go to the Super Bowl. The two other years where he's not, we fucking stink. Mm-hmm. We get kicked out of our own stadium, actually, whenever, yeah. whenever that happens. So I think it's a good move for them. Is Trey Lance going to work out? We don't know. There could have been 32 Hall of Famers drafted last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. There could have been 32 Hall of Famers drafted last night. There could have been. Zero NFL fucking guys drafted last night. Mm-hmm. And that's the draft, baby. Yeah. Hey, that's the that's draft. Joining us now is a man that is in the news cycle right now. Sports news cycle. Oh, yeah. Not just because he's awesome or handsome no. or had one of the greatest internet videos I've ever seen in my entire life just a couple weeks ago. No, no. It's because he's potentially 
an insider. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, founder of, no, he did find it, I guess. Oh, yeah. An incredibly good chili mm-hmm. that you can have right now. Stinking Stink, good. Stinking good chili. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Schlereth. Yes, What's going on, dude? And what's happening, man? Always good to be with you. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for joining us, man. I think you were trending on Twitter either last night or this morning because of something you said as you are uh, on uh, Denver Sports Radio. You are... Right closely associated with the Denver Broncos. When you say something about the Denver Broncos, everybody's like, okay, hey. Oh, yeah. Hey, Chris Collinsworth actually said last yeah. night, hey, Mark Schlaer's saying it. Mark Schlaer's saying just... Hey, he ain't saying no bullshit. He, 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 there's a reason that Mark Schlaer's saying this. In your eyes now, we've read a couple of your tweets, the Aaron Rodgers-Denver Broncos stuff, none of us knew was existent until yesterday whenever the news dropped. Right. And now it's... You're saying, and other people are saying, there's a chance he's going to be a Denver Bronco. How real is this? Is it is it a real possibility? And with the draft coming and going last night, does that affect anything in this? Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to understand. I think there's a couple of things that you have to understand. Number one, uh, I'm not a uh, I'm not a reporter. Like I'm not a newsbreaker, so to speak. Right? <laughs> like that's not that's not my job. I'm not I'm not trying to sift out a story or anything. Like. Uh, I always like, I don't break the news, man. I'm just happy to break wind without crap in my pants. So <laughs> there we go. that's hey. the stage yeah. of life that I'm in right now. Get right? those dude wipes, though. You know. That's right. Dude wipes. <laughs> yeah. And that'll take care of that. Bingo. So yeah. um, long story short, I'm mowing. I'm doing some stuff. It's beautiful in Denver. Uh, I get in and take a shower. I'm going to go do the radio in an hour. And I get a text from a very reliable source, not in not in Denver, outside of Denver, oh. um, somebody who has never steered me wrong, who I believe wholeheartedly exactly what, what this person tells me, is that this thing is heating up and it's close to a done deal in Denver, Aaron Rodgers. Dang. So I go on the radio and say, hey, man, I'm just getting this information. And, uh, oh, you're you know, I don't know. It still could fall through, obviously, but it's it's close. So anyhow, you know, it kind of dies down. Some people tamp it down here in Denver. Um, but then, you know, I get, I get, I, it's, a, it's not a text message, a direct message via text from Aaron. And he goes, uh, like, kind of, who's your source? What, what are you hearing? And I'm like, <laughs> well, this is what I heard. I go, is it like, is it true? Uh, you want to come over and get some dinner? I mean, what's, <laughs> like, what's going on? And, and so he didn't, I mean, he didn't pour cold water on it. Um, he just said, I'll let you know as soon as I know. Oh, so, here we go. Right. So, so the, bo- the bottom line, though, is the bottom line is through sources, you know, and it's all over the Internet. Um, like he's he's saying he's not going to play in Green Bay. So, he, OK, so so definitely that has come out now. Now, yeah. Schefter had that big, long story yesterday. I thought it was painting an image, potentially, that Green Bay was doing everything in their power. That's what I feel like the message was to their fans via that article, via that information. Hey, we're trying three separate trips. We tried to renegotiate. And, and Green Bay Packers fans, though, to Green Bay Packers fans credit. They were like, yeah, what you've been trying to do for the last couple of months doesn't make up for what has happened here for the last couple of years. And and I feel like a lot of people actually are on Aaron's side in this entire thing. They're like, yeah, he should want maybe or expect a little bit more. And that's an interesting situation because if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos, I assume Broncos fans are like, we're going to win a Super Bowl. Yep. Like, and that, yep. that is what Aaron Rodgers is. He's a Mount Rushmore quarterback. This is massive if this happens, you know? Yeah, well, you think about this, Pat. I mean, this is the, the Green Bay Packers are, are the dynasty that never was, right? Oh, like, damn. you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League. You won one world championship. 
in the last 10 seasons, get this, in the last 10 seasons, 10, this is a decade of first-round draft picks, you've drafted nine defensive players and the heir apparent at quarterback. Jeez. That's what you've done. In, that's yeah, yeah. what you've done in Packerland, right? Yeah. So I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for saying, I'm sick of your baloney, right? I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And and ultimately, forcing his hand. You, you know, you talk to Aaron every – you talk to him every week. Aaron is all balls. That dude, like, if he says, man, I ain't playing, like, he'll go host Jeopardy. He yeah. doesn't give a crap. Yeah. Like, So my thought process is he's not going to be in, in green and gold. He is not going to play for the Packers again. Now, whether that happens or not, I don't know. Again, I'm not in the news-breaking industry, but uh, but it certainly feels like something's going to happen. He's either he's either going to get traded or he's not going to play. Welcome back uh, to the non-news-breaking world, by the way, because <laughs> yesterday you were a news-breaker, pal. I, I don't know how to – and by the way, did you see what he did in his answer earlier? Oh, he that? didn't give up his source because he is an actual news-breaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you actually are in the news-breaking world. And – that line you said there about the dynasty that never was, I hear that a lot about the uh, Colts team with Peyton, you know? And, and yeah. I think you actually heard Jim Irsay say that numerous times of how when Andrew Luck came, he, he was like, we're going to try to win numerous championships here. Almost like he knew that only getting one with Peyton in Indy. And then, by the way, he goes to Denver, and immediately it's like multiple Super Bowl appearances. They win one because the defense was unbelievable. It was just one of those situations. Denver, is that a team right now? If Aaron Rodgers goes over there, you guys feel as if, hey, we can make a run at this thing? Is that a real belief in Denver? If Aaron Rodgers goes there, we win a Super Bowl? I think I think people in Denver feel that way. Um I think there's still work to be done on this roster. You know, one of the things, one of the things, you know, I mean, you've been involved in special teams your entire life. Bingo. And it's a viable, it's a huge, huge part oh, of, yeah. of any football team. I agree. And you can pretty much tell how good a roster is, how deep a roster is, uh -huh. by just looking at how good their special teams are. Agreed. Um, and Denver's special teams have been horseshit for forever. And so when I see pro football focus, no offense to pro football focus, but when they say <laughs> they're the sixth best roster in football, I'm like, uh, either you guys don't know what you're looking at or, or you know, uh, I don't know who's, you know, Elway, Elway decided to make that, that, that report. Um, they are not. Um, depth, is, depth is important. And, you know, just when you hit on a draft, you know, you get a draft with four starters um, and you say, hey, we had a great draft. There were four starters. Well, if all four of those guys should be backups, but your team sucks. Like, I've never seen a game where they said, hey, listen, we got four guys that should be backups on our defense, so let's just start seven today. Can we do that? No, you still got to play those shitty players, right? And if you're hey, there players, are, hey there are, there's a chance that on every starting lineup, there's going to be some shitter, shitty players that can put on their Instagram bios, starter in the NFL. That is going to happen. Now, granted, they're NFL players, but in comparison. Yeah, but it, it relative speaking, so if – if you've got a guy that should be a backup that is your starter, that means the guy who's backing him up probably should be selling cars. No offense to car salesmen. Not or right? NFL guys. Yeah. <laughs> or right. NFL. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but but you know you know what I'm saying, right? There's a reason there's a thirty five percent turnover on every roster every year. Um, because some guys make teams that probably shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Um uh, anyhow, well, you know, with that said, I, I, I look at Aaron Rodgers' oh, yeah. career though, like if you sit down at the Thanksgiving table, right, at the big boy table, you know, you get Peyton with two rings. You get, you get, you know, 
uh, Joe Montana, you get Elway, you get, you know, like the big boy table gets all those quarterbacks that, that have multiple rings. Eli tries to sit down. Peyton slaps him in the back of the head. Get, go, get, go get him a little kid, Dave. You don't, but you don't get to sit here with me. Eli didn't deserve um, that. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best that's ever played the game. I have so much respect for him. He is so knowledgeable. He's so smart. Um, he's such a good player. Um, sublime skill set. And ooh. the fact that he has one ring. Sublime. Does you don't get you don't get a sit at the big boy table? Yeah, yeah, and, and that has to change. I agree with you, uh, Connor. Go ahead. Yeah, Stink. Was there any conversation with your source uh, of how much it was going to take? Because it feels like this is going to be you know five first round picks and a couple starters. No, no, it just was. It's close to being done, um, and and obviously things can change. Um, you know, my understanding also from a contract standpoint is that if they trade him after June one. Uh-oh. Um, then it saves them like $22 million on their cap or whatever. But I have no idea what the, uh, you know, what, what the parameters of a, a potential trade are. You're not a newsbreaker. Uh, hey, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm no newsbreaker. I'm no, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, like, um, it certainly doesn't look like, it certainly doesn't look like he's going to play there. It certainly looks like a trade is, is, uh, on the horizon. Go ahead, D-Butt. What's up, Mark, man? I like I like the Denver uh, roster. I'm not – I wouldn't put him six, but uh, Vaughn coming back, you got Chubb coming back, you kept Simmons, you signed off, off Kyle Fuller, drafted certain. I love the defense. What do you think they're missing on the offensive side? Because I know they got the weapons on the outside, and what are their chances to win that division and maybe make a run for a championship if they do get A-Rod in the building? Patty Mahomes. Uh, but, yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, defensively, I think they have – I think – there's two things, you know, when I watch film and you would know better than me, but when I watch film today, one of the big places that teams attack defenses are who's your nickel guy, who's got that curl flat area, um, you know, high low combinations. And can you get enough depth out of your middle linebackers, out of your hook droppers? Can you get, can you cheat those zones? So where you're two yards outside the hash and and 10 yards deep, can you get 12 to 14 yards deep and take away the deep crossing routes or the deep in cutting routes and still rally up on a drive and make it a tackle for two yards, you know, like that to me, like you watch what Tampa was able to do and the way they took away routes with their backers, but still rallied up and made tackles for two yard gains. Like those to me are, are the difference makers I think both the middle linebackers in Denver need to be replaced. Um, I I just don't think they have the coverage (laughs) skills to play, especially in that division when you've got Kansas City's probably the number one passing game um, in the National Football League. I think the Raiders are are seventh and and the Chargers are sixth. Speed, too. What's that? Speed. There's a lot of speed in that division. Oh, yeah. No question. No question. So that's that. Um, A lot of young young players on the offensive side. You know, there's a lot of quote-unquote – Potential. Uh, when I was playing, we used to say potential and young guys will get you fired. fired yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, when those guys mature, like I, I like, I, I think that uh, Jerry Judy's a great young player, unbelievable route runner, um, was second in the, in the league with drops last year in KJ Hamlin, the kid oh, they took in the second barring, round, everybody. was, you know, was was first in the league with drops. So, um, that's that's an issue. You know, when your hands are made of feet, that's not okay. good. All right, all right. Uh, a lot yeah, of burials you, here. You should, hey, 
you, D-Butt, you should be playing uh, defensive back if your hands are made of feet. Okay. Damn. That's so you, you guys hey, back you're very DB. Sheesh. Hey, listen, I, I think you just went on a run. Linebackers yeah, got get it. Get him out. Linebackers got it. The Broncos got it. Wide receivers got it. And just secondary in general got it. Normally, you bury wide receivers. Anybody can get it. I do like that fact out of you, Stink. Very, very consistent. Yeah, sure. And, and you know, I mean, if we're going to, you know, Last time I was on here, I got a whole fan base mad at me. So let, let me let's try another fan base. How about how about like when I was playing, there were there were three certainties in life: death, taxes, and the Bengals were going to suck. Hey, offensive line. Yes. Why do they we not talk, get we an talked about line? it earlier? What are they doing? We talked about that. But so so like wait a minute, like you're you're. Your quarterback essentially got his leg amputated on the field. They had to sew it back on. But what's going to help you, what's going to help you is a wide receiver, a, another weapon when you couldn't protect your quarterback. And oh, by the way, last time I checked, Boyd and Higgins both had 1,000 yards receiving. Yep. But we're going to add another wide receiver. Like, there's a reason some teams perennially suck. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because they don't understand how football works. Yeah, I agree. I you know, there are so many. Like the same we way went on, pick. we the, the Broncos went on a tour last year after winning the draft, right? Here we go. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I had to hear, <laughs> "We've got speed now. We drafted speed. Now we can run with the Kansas City Chiefs." And you know, no, you can't. You're gonna get your ass kicked for ten straight <laughs> games. It's for ten straight times. I thought this was a Bengals. I thought this was a Bengals burial. You just went back to the Broncos. You can't take it anymore. I mean, and by the way, with the Broncos burial, you say about going to the. Um, you know, the big table or whatever, the big boy table. Yeah. Do you think if Aaron goes to Denver and you said this potential and young guys will get you fired? That is, I didn't hear the young guys as well. I've, I've always heard that potential. potential will get you fired. I never heard the young right. guys. But right now it seems like there's two different ways to build an NFL team. You're either going to build through the draft because you have to or that's your motto. And then there's going to be a collection of talent at places. Like, look, Tampa's doing it. Uh, Kansas City's doing it. Obviously, right. the Rams are going to try to get back in this game now that they potentially aren't in just salary cap hell, but I think you're going to see more teams do that. Would the Denver Broncos become that team if Aaron Rodgers was to go over there? Do you think that team would be able to become a team that's like, hey, we're going to go and make a run right now? Because what you just said about the roster, it doesn't sound like the... And I think this is why it was so surprising to hear that the Broncos were potentially involved because everybody was like, the Broncos? Well, why would it be the Broncos? Aaron automatically makes you better. If I was a Broncos fan, I'm like, hey, okay, we're going we're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would think that. Right. But what may, what is the thought? Do you think the Broncos, if they get Aaron, they also then are making the decision up like, okay, we're going to become a team, though, that isn't going to do what Green Bay fucking did. Like, we are going to we're going to try our best to surround. Do you think that's what they'll do? And is that what you're you're thinking? Right. Well, I, I think what you have to look at is what they've done the last couple of years. So they had this great defense, this legendary defense, uh, you know, back in the day, the no-fly zone. Um, they rode that. They won a championship with oh, Bate no, Manning no. on that. They rode it for a while. And then offensively, they were just atrocious. Um, and so what they've ended up doing is they've ended up trying to draft, you know, speed, trying to draft athleticism, trying to draft uh, wide receivers. They've got some young guys that – you know, again, have potential, have the potential to be very good. Um, obviously, when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, I, I think the thing that ends up happening to you is there's only three or four of these guys, maybe five tops in the league. There's elite level quarterbacks that still, to me, expose warts. And then there are Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes and a couple of guys that actually cover warts. They're compound W. They will, they will fix a wart, right? 
And just through knowledge and understanding, you know, one of the things that I, I, I had a long conversation with Aaron during the season when I was doing a Green Bay game for Fox, and it was fascinating to me because one of the things, and it was the first guy that I've ever heard talk about this, he said when he was playing for Green Bay when he was a rookie, um, Tom Clements was the quarterback coach. And he really taught, Tom really taught him about defensive fronts and how certain defensive fronts um, – you know, tied a tied a blitz scheme package, tied a rotation, tied to coverages, and so Aaron is like, man, I don't read from the back forward of a defense. When I go up to the line of scrimmage, I read the defensive front, and the defensive front will tell me what coverage they're in or what coverage they'll be in. And so when I turn my back to the defense on a play action, I know what they're rolling into. Mm-hmm. And so, and so it, it's a fascinating concept, um, you know, and, and Darius would have a, a, like a better concept of like if we're in a 25 front, you know, explain, explain, front, explain, 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 explain. So much, a 25 front is an under front, essentially. Will linebacker off the ball, Sam on the ball, um, Mike in, in a bubble. So if you're in a right-handed formation, Mike's kind of bubbled up. Uh, meaning the the guard on the on the strong side is uncovered. Strong so side's that, tight end side, by the way, for people listening. Yeah, basically. Right. So so all of a sudden, if you start getting slide or kick weak, you know the backers slide weak. You know the insert player in that front's going to be the strong safety. He's going to come down to that side. So these are things like like guys like me would know from a protection standpoint because I was old and broken and I couldn't move. Yeah. So you have to know these things so you don't have to. Like, you already know who's coming. You already know what the potential pitfalls are uh, when you study the game that way. So, you know, and, and I don't I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, like I said, Darius would know better than I on how you tie fronts with coverages and, and how they work together. Yeah. And so that's – Aaron's like, I don't even have to look at the DBs. I know what they're going to get into based on the coverage – or based on the fronts that I see. Well, and there was a couple of plays last year where he sat in that pocket where he was very comfortable for whatever fucking reason. It was in the end zone. I think he had a 32-yard yeah, strike. Against the Rams. Against the Rams. He, and he was in the end zone, and it felt like there he was going to get got, and he just sat there. And I assume that's from his extreme confidence of, like, I know exactly who's probably going to get where during this play. That's why he's good at probably getting out of the pocket as well. Yeah. Right. Knows where everything's going. And that's probably why he dissects defense. Aaron Rodgers, wherever he goes, would be fantastic. Stink, can't thank you enough for joining us. You're the best, Mark. Every time you come on here, we love it. All right, and uh, Bengal fans, get at me. You guys suck. <laughs> no, no. Hey, they know. They, it, okay. Yeah, because you got to remember, we've had full conversations with them about they don't even have an indoor practice facility, Mark. They don't even have an indoor practice facility over there. You know yeah, you know what? Don't get me started. Marvin Lewis may be the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League. <laughs> Same one in Cincinnati. Hey, what about Andy Dalton? What about Andy yeah, Dalton? Tip, tip over the cap. Right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Schlair. Thank yes, you. Dude. You guys. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. 
Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. You know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Julian Edelman. Okay, to his face in front of Kevin Hart, uh, Deion Sanders, Kay Adams. uh, I think Mark Wahlberg might have been on there as well. Yep. Uh, Maybe The Rock, DJ Khaled. Okay. Lion! That's a new <laughs> yeah, looking around. Yeah, I've seen that everywhere. Awesome. He has somehow maintained relevance to dominate the internet. Anytime he pops on, I laugh. Tom Brady told Julian Edelman in the crowd that was potentially listening or in the room in the group chat, he said, uh, Julian's not retiring. He was just too scared to tell Bill. And then Tom goes, I've been there. Yeah. You know? And Julian's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Julian basically the entire time was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he was like, I guess I'll talk to Kevin Hart. Everybody else was like, yeah. So it's uh, Tom Brady, Kevin Hart, Mark Wahlberg, Michael Strahan, Kay Adams, Deion Sanders, and Julian Edelman down there at the bottom. And I do believe the way this particular conversation was going was it was a six-on-one as well. Oh, yeah. It was a, hey, Julian, you're just going to do exactly what Gronk did. You're going back down to Tampa. What are we even talking about? The injury is cool. Gronk had the same thing, and then he did a CBD press conference. He came back to life again. And, and Tom Brady even chimes in and goes, now nah, he's just scared to tell Billy he's going to come down to Tampa or whatever. If Julian does that, okay, if Julian – after the Foxborough Forever shirts. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you think the New England Patriots fans will hate him forever? That's what people think. I, if he doesn't go and join Tampa, I think he's an idiot. Like, if he feels yeah. good, if his knee feels good, and he feels healthy, he knows that offense. Him and Tom make magic together for whatever reason. Gronk's down there. Another weapon to that offense. He wouldn't have to play. Wouldn't, wouldn't need him for 40 snaps a, ga- a yeah. game, 30 snaps a game with everybody else. Just need you, you know, third down, red zone, whenever Julian Edelman really makes his money. Like, let's go ahead and do that. That makes sense to us. He did not say no to it last night. I don't think. I, I, no. I, 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 and Tom Brady's not pressing him publicly if Tom Brady thinks there's no chance of him coming back, right? Tom would be in that moment, you would think, a support a friend like no his knee you know we wish julian could he's come happy back. yeah but instead he was like nah he's fucking yeah he's coming, back. Hey, he's coming we are gonna get him down if mike greenberg ba in light in this beautiful city of tampa bay figure out how to get julian edmund on that team where he can only play like what however many games he has to play that yeah. matter which they can do with that team obviously everybody it's tom brady by the way that's what tom brady and that's why it's not bill belichick julian said get me the fuck out of here i'll go play with tom brady that's what everybody's gonna say as a patriots fan that has to be heartbreaking to hear i mean foxborough forever <laughs> he can kiss the hall of fame goodbye Duh! i'm not fucking <laughs> pushing that anymore but even if he is playing six games him telling scotty miller like hey by the way this is what brady likes when you're doing this do this like him as just the, even in a teaching role i feel like benefits the why Bucks. is julian edelman so good db uh savvy Savvy, he's he's tough as he's tough as shit with that ball in his hands. Good, good, good after the catch, um, and always kind of got to the right spot. The Hall of Fame conversation immediately upon him retiring, right away. <laughs> then Heinz Ward was trending, I think. Uh huh. Whenever that whole thing happened, they were like, "Okay." But before we even talk about Julian, let's talk about all these other wide receivers. It is a stats position. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is a stats position. But I feel like at some point. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road, the Hall of Fame is going to have different 
requirements for different things. There might be different levels of things. I think they're going to start letting more in. And Julian Edelman has so many moments in the NFL on the greatest dynasty in the history of the NFL. Big stage. I would assume he's going to be in the conversation for a long, long time. Yeah, him and Phil Rivers, I feel like. Those were the two discussions. 17 years is still yeah, Phil has, doesn't have the postseason, and that's why everyone's bashing him. And Edelman does have the postseason, but they, he doesn't have like the big regular season yeah. stats the other guys have. So it's just like the opposite well, argument this what, for both. That's what Sanchez said. Sanchez said they're going to be pissed off either way. And that's <laughs> the world that we live in. Uh, you're good in, in regular season, not good in playoffs. Oh, you're only good in the playoffs, you're not good in regular season. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so we just don't like him. Is that what we're saying? You just don't like him? Oh, well, you're going to make up anything to say it's a lie? Because you could have just said on the other side of that, he has some of the biggest moments in the history of our sport. But instead you said, that doesn't matter. You didn't play in a regular season. If you hate somebody, you hate somebody. And that's why it's such a beautiful thing, I guess. That's why all these conversations uh, always take on a life of their own. A Hammer Down, boys, 4 p.m. Uh, live at youtube.com forward slash hammered down or we get other than tvg mike with the kentucky derby where we can gamble at tvg.com forward slash pat or promo code pat and get a 200 dollars risk-free bet on the derby if it's our first bet there obviously uh new users only what are you thinking uh betting on this weekend gumpy we got any soccer to make millions off of your brain off of yeah, we got a couple games. There's not too much action this weekend. A lot of favorites getting close to the season. Some teams already being relegated. In the La Liga, though, I do like uh, Real Sociedad money line. Oh, here we go. Wow. Hey, you, can, you can still bet on the draft tonight, too, Pat. Ooh. Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> Diggs, Kyle, do- hey. So David Sills, David Sills, or Mills Sills, Stanford quarterback is the favorite to go to the next quarterback. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Trasso, you can get a plus two. What was two his today. name? David Mills Sills, <laughs> Sills, 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 Stanford quarterback. There it is. It's it's Davis Mills, Jeff but I I always confuse him with David Sills, the West the, Virginia uh, wide receiver from West Virginia. Yeah, who's the, but, I think he's in a league now, right? Yeah. That guy. But you could get Trask yeah. at plus two ten if you like him to go before him, which I kind of do. Ooh. By the way, Trask, because of Pitts, got the whole – he got the throw to Pitts type thing. But he was never, ever, ever, ever in consideration for being a, a first-round quarterback. That's probably where – I mean, you don't want to be. You want to make an automatic $10 million, I'd assume. That would be very nice. But Kyle Trask is going to get a, a chance to probably go to a situation that's pretty good, sit yeah. behind some things, and maybe find an opportunity and do well. And those quarterbacks, what, third round, fourth round, where – they get to get into a good situation, a good team, get to learn probably from somebody that's good, and also maybe get uh, a limited practice rep so you don't really get a chance. But then there's a chance for them to get in there and steal the show, and they do their thing. Maybe that'll be Trask. Who, who's the person that is everybody's expectation of going next? David? Davis Mills. Oh, Davis. You think he's good? You don't think he's a good player? I just like Trask has a uh, better resume. Well, Angie, Angie knew Trask existed. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew that Davis Mills existed too, but he didn't throw for like 44 touchdowns and like eight interceptions last year. But does yeah. that matter? Because Trey Lance didn't even play last year. Nope. Yeah, but he's Trey Lance. And he threw for 28 touchdowns and no interceptions the year before that. Hey, his upside, his potential massive. is massive. And I guess Kyle Shanahan, right? He feels as if he could probably make anybody good at quarterback. I would assume if it's like, okay, this is the smartest guy. We think he's the smartest guy. We met his family at the pro day. We like his family. He has the most upside. I can teach yeah. that shit into him. I could teach that shit into Fact. him. Here's the offensive players available on day two, says Tom Pelissero. Davis Mills, quarterback for Stanford. Kellen Mahond, quarterback from Texas A&M. Kyle Trask, 
quarterback from Florida. Those three are obviously going to go. Now, when you start getting into the running backs, guys mm-hmm. that we have definitely heard of before, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, where, where are they going to end up? Javante Williams go ahead. is like minus 400 to be the next running back. He is out of UNC. Of course he is. Mac Brown's guy. Of course he is. He's been in the Jordan family like for a long time. Elijah Moore. Yeah, Elijah, Elijah Moore, Moore, right? Ole Miss. Very, yeah. very good. Yeah, so he's going to end up somewhere, which, by the way, the Green Bay Packers took a corner last night, and everybody's reaction on this particular show was, okay, another defensive player, way to go. Uh, but I think that was dominated by the fact that all Green Bay Packers fans now just uh, – not all, most, I would assume, say, like, uh, we're not going to have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Who gives a fuck who we draft? Uh-huh. Who, who cares who we draft? You know what I mean? That corner might be very good. I have no idea. I have no clue who he exists. They didn't go offense for yet another year. And everybody says, well, they had a great offense. They had a great offense. I agree. But in the NFL we're currently in right now, you just you get depth. At, at, at positions of, of – um, you know, explosion, you have to get depth because somebody might get hurt. You might run into a defense that is doing something you're not doing. So if you have four wide receivers that are absolutely unbelievable, I'm not saying the weapons in Green Bay aren't that way. But if you look at Tampa, look at Kansas City, the two teams that are at the head of the conferences that they're in, they have 45 skill players that are ready to go at any given time. There's a reason because they know injuries could happen. They know situations could happen where you need something, somebody to win again. Leonard Fournette, if he's not in Tampa, they don't win a Super Bowl. Ronald Jones, unbelievable running back gets hurt Leonard Fournette comes in playoff Lenny's born Lombardi Lenny is born without that signing which everybody thought they already had enough weapons they don't want a Super Bowl and it doesn't get you till it gets you so everybody in Green Bay that is potentially saying oh you guys are mad we got a defensive player we have a good offense it's like you do now you have a guy throwing the ball who potentially is great Mount Rushmore, greatest of all time type guy. But also, look around. It's a new NFL. You need a lot on the offense. Now, the corner is a position of need, I would assume, whatever. But when you talk about wide receivers that are available, especially guys like Elijah Moore with their potential, what, the Chiefs will get him or something? Uh Some team will get him, and it's like, of course, of course. And it's like, yeah, well, of course, everybody else can be fucking thinking of this as well. You need weapons right now in the NFL. It is what you need. Defense used to be awesome. Used to win your championships. Now, hey, hey. Still wins championships. You got to get stops in important times. Yeah, that Buccaneers defense carried him last year. Agreed. Okay, at times and also in the playoffs. The the but you got to get stops at crucial moments. Yeah. It's no longer you need stops all game. They're going to get theirs. That's just kind of how it is. In crucial moments, your defense has to make plays. I think that is a For the sure. difference, the tide of turning. But the offense, you have to have fucking weapons. I think that's just how you have to do. Elijah Moore is going to go somewhere. Uh, Deami Brown, obviously, what a stud. He's going to go somewhere. Rondell Moore, you know, we had on the show for uh, three, three, three minutes or so. And, and everything like that. If, this per- if these guys can go Hopefully, they'll be able to go to a situation where there's already some depth and they just get a chance to go. That's the new NFL, I think. That really is. It'd be hard for me to pass up on somebody if I think they're a playmaker, no matter what I have at the playmaking position. Yeah, that's why you got to hope that one of those guys goes to Indianapolis. I mean, Indianapolis still, again, only has one guy. Darius, we need a weapon out there. Don't you think for the Colts? We do. We do. I think that should definitely. But, I mean, you need a left tackle, too, protect Carson. So, I I would say they probably go tackle in the second round. Pass rusher. They got a pass rusher in the first round, yep. So you go left tackle. And uh, I think T.Y. has a bounce back year this year with Carson back there in the center. He's he's a completely different receiver when you got a quarterback that can really stretch that field with his arms. And extend the play. Yeah, extend the plays. You got Pittman who came along towards the end of the year last year. Yeah, yeah. Paris Campbell, hopefully he can be healthy this year and see what we got there. A lot of speed there, a lot of explosion there. So, I don't know, we got some weapons. We'll see. Yeah, one of them will get hurt, though. T.Y.'s got uh, coverages being – 
put over top of him basically the entire game, right? Oh, yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Get him another guy. Now. Hey, Pittman could be great, too. Could be. Has the potential. Yeah, well, potential as uh, stinks. Hey, so. get your ass fired. Hey. So. And young guys. Hey, Michael Pittman told He's both. That interview on TMZ about the Carson Wentz number thing. I've talked about oh, it a lot. I see it. You didn't see it. I didn't see it. You didn't see it. <laughs> it was just I like, check it out. Uh, by the way, Michael Pittman had flashes last year of greatness. Like he was running wide open. It's like, oh, he's fast. He can make yeah. a play. Here we go. This is this is great news. When I saw that TMZ interview after the Carson Wentz thing, where he basically said, "Yeah, Carson asked for the number 11. I told him like that ain't happening or whatever. I was like, "Bro, you had 14 <laughs> yards last year. Okay, you had 14 yards and one touchdown. This is your quarterback, who's by the way getting paid like 60 million dollars. He's throwing you the ball, like, bro. Yeah. Even, even if you're telling him, even if you're telling him no, like even if you're telling him no, I don't think you come out and yeah, dance on his sure. grave. You for know, sure. like I don't think you're like, nah. I told Carson like, yeah. fuck off or whatever. Now listen, Carson and him have thrown, and I assume Carson didn't take it the same way I did. But I watched that video. And I was like, okay, probably yeah. doesn't. At least you got to play the game a little bit better. Might probably get better. Hopefully, learn from that. But if he if he gets hurt, which happened last year, I think to him he got hurt. I think he had a hamstring or something like mm-hmm. that. In Paris, who's unbelievable, but he got hurt a couple of times. If he gets hurt in the backfield, if somebody, it's just a thing. Like you need depth. I think in yeah, the skill sure. position. Chris Ballard knows that. We could get Julio too. Yeah, well, that's the thing about Julio though is that uh, he wants to be number eleven, and Michael Pittman Jr. is your number no. eleven. So that's, that's not happening. So Although Julio and number one for Indianapolis would, oh. would be pretty sweet. What was he in college? Eight? Uh, yeah, Six? eight or nine. Kyle yeah. Pitts is wearing eight for Atlanta, I believe. He, yeah, he is. Yeah, that was announced this morning. Kyle Pitts is wearing eight. That's Emmanuel Sanders is wearing one. Pat uh, P will be back in seven. He's going to seven. Chase goal. probably wearing one. Uh, let's go to James in Tampa. What's going on, James, down here in Tampa Bay, the home of the FanDuel Beach House? What do you want to talk about? Man, I just want to say congratulations last night, boys. Y'all did a fantastic job. Thanks, James. Congrats to you, too. If you watched that entire thing, you deserve some sort of mental toughness award as well. That thing got real bad late, but we appreciate the (laughs) hell out of you, James. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. No, I just want to talk about Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, finally got the thumb out of their ass, went down south to make a deal with the devil, Jerry Jones himself, to jump the Giants, to draft our wide receiver number one, Devontae Smith, and ruin the Giants fans' hopes and dreams of having Devontae Smith. Shout out to Jerry Jones. Okay, Jay, shout shout out. out. It sounds like there's an NFC East uh, collab to to say fuck you to the Giants, which is interesting. The Giants made a lot of plays this offseason, more so than they had in the past. I think they realized what they have with Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley coming back. That offensive line was very fascinating to watch because Daniel Jones is another situation where it seems like he's going to get killed at this entire thing. He makes some plays where I think, oh, that guy can be a guy. He can run. Hey, he he can I forget what his over-under in every single game for rush yards I made a lot of money off hammering it over on that because he's scrambling, running for his life because the offensive line's so bad, and he's athletic enough that he can go get some yards. He's really good at that. Same thing with RG3 on that uh, Ravens-Steelers game. That was the easiest bet I've ever seen in my entire life. RG3 is going to rush for more than 17 yards if he's getting back in the game. Goddamn guy's a track star. But whenever you talk about going to get Devontae, Devontae and Jalen were together, I assume, at some point, right? Jalen's quarterback coach from whenever he was a kid's over there. And although they're saying, like, hey, Jalen's not necessarily our starter who knows and the philadelphia eagles organization has been a dumpster fire maybe they are just like hey jalen's our guy building around him getting people he's potentially comfortable with knows and if the philadelphia eagles can come out of this pit of hell they are currently in i will be very impressed but it does not seem likely 
If, yeah. they, if Devontae works, though, I mean, I feel like that front office kind of is helping their image a little bit there because of the fact that, hey, look what we did. Yeah. We went up and grabbed the Heisman. We're we doing made a this. move. We made a move. We're trying to do something here. Your I thoughts? Loved, yeah, I loved it. When they jumped up in the top ten, my first thought was was quarterback. Justin yeah. Field was still on the board. I'm like, oh, you know, because Nick didn't come out and, and pretty much, you know, put that support behind Hurts. But um, and them going with Devontae, giving him a weapon, I think that, that, that told a story right there. That's their guy. Let's go to Jack in Rhode Island. What's going on, Jack? Tiny little state over there. Tiny. But you know what that tells me, by the that way? That it is. Shout out Hold Providence on. Place. Hold on, Jack. Shout yep. out Providence Place. Is that where you stayed whenever you were a Patriot? Nah, I, I was, that was one of the you know most live spots around Foxborough. Okay, uh-huh. well, shout, shout out Rhode Island in general. Think about how stubborn the people had to be back in the day in Rhode Island that that little space, I assume another state was trying to get at one point, and they were just back-to-back with each other. Like, no, nah, you ain't getting our fucking land. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because it is a tiny little state. Yeah. So there is, that's probably one family, maybe a couple different families. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nah, we ain't fucking doing it. We ain't, we're our own little property here. This is what we got going on. Shout out to Rhode Island. Yeah, man. the roads, they were some sturdy bunch. But I also thought in my head, you know, maybe everyone else was like, hey, get the fuck out of here. All right. Oh, uh, so that's state. how Massachusetts. Hey, I love Rhode Island. I that's love how every, That's how I New England it. talks about it. I'm just saying, okay. there might have been a thought, hey, get the hell out of here. Go to Rhode Island. Jack, you didn't deserve that. If you guys are like Australia, which is kind of like an outcast group yeah. that kind of came together and created a profitable society, we do uh, have massive respect for that as well. Jack, what do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know about profit, Pat, but uh, I went to Bishop Hendrickson. I see a lot of reporters calling it Bishop Hendrickson. That's wrong. Put some respect on it. Okay, of course. Uh, I was a teammate with Quiddy Pay his senior year. That's also pay, not pie, like you guys have been saying. But uh, well, the guy's an absolute freak. He's a, he's a freak of nature. He really is. My uh, One of our first padded days of practice my sophomore year, everyone plays freshman football, no choice of it. Even Quiddy himself played freshman. Here we go, Jack. They put Quiddy in the gauntlet to go boards, and they ask who's going to step up against him. So – me being an idiot, I'm trying to obviously earn some respect. Let's go, Jack. Jack, here we I go. I see this monster across from me. Mind you, Pat, I'm, I'm 5'9", 265 pounds at the time. Tough basically as hell. a walking meatball. But tough as hell. He's from Rhode right. Island, dude. Yeah. They don't take no shit. Nope. Jack threw himself into the blender with Quiddy. I got this. I got this. What happened, Jack? <laughs> How'd that thing end up? What was so, the next chapter there? Obviously, Quiddy doesn't want to completely murder me. He sees me as this sophomore walking meatball doesn't want to bury me in the dirt so he doesn't fire off like he normally would and i got a low center of gravity so i get under his pads and i kind of just hold him there we don't move in either direction no no this ain't no diss trust me wait till it gets better usually this would be a stalemate coaches blow the whistle you go again this time they they plan to go oh he won he beat his ass whatever oh in the following month no, this is the coach. This is the coach getting to the nice guy because Quiddy's the sweetest guy you'll ever meet in your life. But when it comes to competition, Quitty's you don't sweet. lose. So, about a month later, they come back, same thing, set it up again. Oh, we beat you last time, Quiddy. You've never oh. seen a scarier thing in your life yeah. than seeing this guy with his chest dropped to the ground, couldn't even fit a uh, printer paper in between the floor and his chest. So I try my best to get as low as him. And I'm telling you, if you saw the Black Panther, Quiddy is. Black Panther. He had on the suit last night. Hey, Jack, listen. Jack, you're going to get yours, you know? Mm -hmm. But you're going to get God as well. 
Feels like one time you might have went to a stalemate and uh, had a little bit of a brother-in-law situation going on with Quiddy where it's like, hey, we're good, we're good, we're good. Uh, but them reminding Quiddy immediately upon your next time having this situation that last time what happened was a little bit different than everybody had expected set Jack up for absolute failure. Those coaches wanted to see Jack die out there. Oh, absolutely. yeah. They, they absolutely wanted to see. I watched some highlights last night. I, I don't think I said his name wrong, but I, I'm not no. sure I even – I don't think I attempted it because I, I think when the Colts drafted last night, what was it, four hours in, I was yeah. I was way, way too far into that thing to do it. Quitty pay, though, whenever we talk about this player and all mm-hmm. the film that we studied, it's a good move. <laughs> Justin Houston leaves. Yep. Going to need a pass rusher. DeForest Buckner is, is going to be a staple for the next Force. 10 years in the middle of that thing. Beast. I like the move. I like the pick. I did not expect it. I thought we were going to tackle, but I like the move, and uh, I hope Quitty pay is, is somebody that's around uh, Indianapolis for, for the long haul, pal. Yeah. I texted Chris about it uh, right after. He said he's a coat in every way, coat through and through, uh, raw, Freakish talent, freakish athlete. Uh, I think if he gets down there, start working with Rob, Sandman Mathis, uh, I think he could be he could be a problem. Hey, that's quite a weapon the Colts have, by the way. Yeah. It's like, okay, we got this Hall of Fame guy who, by the way, ha- has stuck around. He's got this camp. You just – we're going to need you – we're right not allowed there. in the building. Okay, you guys are boycotting whatever. Bum, okay, right do whatever you got to do. You need to just go work with this guy for about two months. You're going to do a lot of hand stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's going to teach you a lot of the tricks. Of the, he's going to teach you tricks of the game with what you should be looking at. You're going to come back. You're, you're going to be basically like you just went to an Ivy League school of pass rush. I honestly believe that's what he's doing over there. Oh, yeah. Every person he puts on Instagram that he's been training with for the Colts, he'll then follow up in the middle of the season like, oh, remember that guy you never heard of? He just fucking buried a quarterback. Let me tell you why this whole thing happened. That's quite a weapon. Now, if they draft a punter, which they won't need because Rigoberto's so good, I'm not helping anybody. Let's go to Jaden in Chicago. <laughs> What's going on, Jaden? No, I'm joking. Rigo is very good. How actually. you doing, Pat? Happy Feel Good Friday. Hey, happy uh, first round fallout. Uh, feel oh, good. Oh, Shout out CBDMD phone in Friday to you as well, Jaden nice. in Chicago. What do you want to talk about? New quarterback down there. Nah, yeah, but uh, I have a serious question. But first, I had a little story that I feel like you needed to hear because it ties in with the Julio Jones situation. It's a quick little thing. So um, over there on Madden, you can uh, down- you can download the the rosters that someone else with a lot more patience, a lot more time, has made these rosters already with the free agent signings already mm-hmm. and all the moves that have been made already. Uh-huh. So I went over to the Colts. I downloaded that one, and I traded next year's second, third, and fourth round pick to the Atlanta Falcons, got Julio Jones. I made Michael Pittman take number fucking one because he only had one fucking touchdown last year. And then I let Julio Jones wear number 11. Carson Wentz won MVP, won the Super Bowl MVP, and we're fucking laughing. Look at that. Jade ran a simulation. (laughs) You guys just won the Super Bowl. Uh, He's got this thing figured out. Jaden, I appreciate that, pal. I know you said you have another thing, but I think what you just said is too damn good to get to the second thing. Anytime somebody says I got a story, I, you know, it's potentially a problem. And that was back to back, by the way, phone calls with stories. This has happened before to us on a phone in Friday where people have tried to tank the show with bad stories. Yeah. Jack, not bad. Okay. Jack was good. Jaden also, he said, hey, listen, I've been running simulations out here. Mm-hmm. We get Julio Jones on his team. We're winning Super Bowl. Carson Wentz winning the MVP. What more does fucking Chris Bauer have to hear at this point? Make it happen. What are we doing, I mean, Chris? congratulations on the Lombardi, though. You guys must be pumped over there. Yeah, Put we are. Pittman in one. <laughs> the hell out of that That's jersey. sweet. When I thought about Julio Jones getting traded in, I did think Pittman taking one would be a 
a very cleverly savage move if he did do that after everything that has happened with how I felt about him doing the DMZ thing. It'd be cool to see it out there. And by the way, with his potential, that one would be flying around. Yeah. Making plays. Julio right. would only help him out. I think, by the way, muy, muy mucho. Yeah. Julio helps everybody, right? Because that's where all eyes go to Julio if he's healthy on the defensive side of the thing. Absolutely. Got to have at least two sets of eyes on him. So damn good. Young Rock, Keenan, renewed at NBC. Season two. All the haters said Young Rock was going to get canceled. To be honest, I think the lovers of Keenan also thought that was going to get canceled. But no, NBC said, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Young Rock. The incredibly hilarious and humble story of Dwayne Johnson's life. Uh, a documentary that has been put into a sitcom. Just absolutely unbelievable work. Congratulations to Dwayne Johnson on, you know, a chapter two of this documentary uh, miniseries. Episodes 12 through 23 will really lead this thing. I hope by the end of this season we see if he wins the presidency in 2032. You know? I hope. I'm, I'm really pulling for it. If we learned anything about last night, TV fucking stinks. TV's <laughs> dead. So, uh, yeah, this is cool and everything, but this show blows. You know it. It has for a long time now. <laughs> now listen, don't bury the lead. Keenan also got renewed. Yeah, okay, I, I didn't even know that was a goddamn show. <laughs> it's on immediately afterwards. He has, a, he has a morning show. I haven't watched either one. Oh, you not gotta, a minute. Gotta watch you go. I cannot believe you have not watched Young So Rock. good. Not a minute. Do you not want Don't. to learn about just a super genius man becoming a mega bazillionaire and how he got yeah. there? I mean, I feel like it's still unfolding. We're watching day by day. He just bought a league. I'm cool with that. That's what I'm saying. That's why season two got picked up, by the way. And maybe we will get in. I I assume they're going to get into his WWE days whenever they get into uh, season two of this whole thing. I thought they already did. Didn't he uh, set Andre the Giant on the course of his entire career? That was when he was 11 on a park bench. He did give a motivational speech to Andre the Giant that (laughs) Uh he did completely change the way the trajectory of Andre the Giant's life. You're 100% right. So they kind of already have started getting into his WWE. They should just cancel the show. The thing, no, no, they should not. They should renew it for 10 more seasons. They should oh, give please, him the no. Patrick Mahomes contract at NBC, maybe until 2032 when he actually runs for president like the entire show is based upon. Darius, a lot of people say the show is tough to watch. A lot of people yeah, say it's tough to watch. Them. Not me, though. Big, big Rock was a big part of my childhood, though. Me, Little too. Yeah. Me, too. That rock, Stone Cold. <laughs> I feel like he is a a rather large creator of what I have become and what I am as a human in the in the my teenage years watching this entire thing. And the boys just shit on this guy's life, shit on his sitcom every single week. They just shit on it. This guy, this guy's molded and shaped people millions. of people and you guys are out here just shitting on young me and Zito are the only ones that have any respect for future president of the United States Dwayne the fucking Rock Johnson I'm not shitting on Dewey's life I'm shitting on his Mickey Mouse whoa 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 Zito muted my mic but I'm I I have a complete utmost respect for the Rock stuff seven bucks I get it I understand what he's been through with that being said you know, his dad was in the WWE. He was set up pretty well. You know, he went to U Miami. He's got all these connections. All right, okay. You know, Andre the Giants is gone. All right, but okay. hey, I get it. All right, so you did watch. Yeah. That's why I, I, I hear we got a hater who's watching yeah, every single hater. move from Dwayne Johnson. Let's get to a break. Um, Friday Night Smackdown tonight, by the way. Let's go. Here we go. Daniel Bryan might be kicked out of town. Uh-oh. Yeah. 
Pakistan ain't big enough for the two of us, says Roman Reigns. It ain't. I win, you never come back, he says. Hey, make sure you're on your toes tonight, man. Yeah. Ate a table last week, Darius. Yeah. Ate a table. Did you see me get the cup block, though? I saw that. The hands went down for the cup block immediately. I felt pretty good about that. Now, it did not stop the table from jamming my patella. (laughs) But I did get the, the good reaction. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show all week. I know it has been a hectic one. The fact you allow us into your daily schedule is really dope, to be honest. I'm looking at a pool right now down here in Tampa. Looks like the filter's broke. There is a bunch of shit in it, all right? Looks like a Zito bathtub here, but what I will say off of that is big thanks to all the boys for making magic happen this week back in Indy down here in Tampa at the FanDuel Beach House. The fact that that draft spectacular went off without a hitch for five hours straight, streaming a Zito production. Everybody back in Indy, I appreciate everybody's effort. To everybody that listened this week, thank you all so much. To the guests that took time out of their day, thank you so much, including Darius Butler, who joined us in the FanDuel Beach House today. Uh, Very, very grateful. Have an incredible weekend. There'll be a lot of shit to talk about on Monday. Maybe uh, Maybe Aaron has a new home. Maybe Julio Jones is out of Atlanta. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And maybe nothing as well. Uh, Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.